Hello and welcome to episode 20 of Dial H for Hero Clicks. I'm your host, Hunter Smith. Today I have with me my good friend, Austin Smith, and back again from the dead, Drew we Alderson. To, we had to make a few deals with Mephisto to pull this one off. I'm but. back, bitches! He's so passionate about Mage Knight, the grave couldn't hold him. Can't hold me! <laughs> uh, today we're going to talk about... Main topic is going to be a review of Mage Knight, the main set... Uh, if you would like a review of the starter set, you can check out our all-new YouTube channel. We have a YouTube channel? Yeah, I've been working on it all week. Gee, Hunter, what's the URL for that? It's uh, www.youshouldhavefuckingknownalready.com. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, anyways, I have a starter <laughs> I have a starter set uh, review for Mage Knight in there where I go in detail on each dial. What makes them good, what makes them bad. I give them rankings, um, how good they are in all of Silver Age compared to how good they are just in Mage Knight. Um, today we're going to talk about Mage Knight and we're going to talk about some spoilers. It was a kind of a slow week for news. Very slow week. Although we did get a trio of uh, Superman Legion of Superheroes pieces that were all pretty dang good. <laughs> And people are a little bit... That, that spoiler got people a little more excited about the set. Oh, yeah. And, like, those are three big characters for Slug. So we're going to be talking about those. First, we're going to get into some what we played. Wednesday, we had a 1,500-point game at the Game Preserve. It was pretty much anything goes, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Silver Age, resources, all anything goes. What did you run, Austin? I ran the Serpent, son. I ran the Serpent M10 Iron Man and Split Lip. Um, Do you have a soul? No. <laughs> Sold it to Mephisto to get Drew back. Oh, stop. <laughs> Bringing it back. Um, Serpent was really cool. Um, I like it because, as I've said before, um, I like Colossals that are boss fight mechanics where they like they have the multi-stage effects, they have all kinds of traits, crap like that, kind of like a Zero in the Tester is. Yeah. I prefer like a Zero in the Tester one as opposed to a Galactus one. Galactus is just kind of like, I'm Galactus, I'm wrecking everything. I prefer, like, the stage-by-stage-by-stage version. Um, the Serpent's cool. He has a fear dial, and as he attacks stuff, the fear dial goes up. And depending on which dial he's on, um, it has a different effect. On his 600 point, the fear dial determines how many free actions a turn he gets. Um, up to two extra free actions a turn. Um, on his 500-point dial, um, the Serpent gets uh, mo- combat value modifiers up to plus three to everything. Um, and on his bottom dial, it determines his range. So the dial turns whenever he hits somebody. So what I decided to do was running shot pulse wave, which pushed me all the way up the fear dial to the one free action. So then I got to use that free action of pulse wave as well. Yeah, heartless. He's it was great. It was beautiful. Um, once you get him up dial, he's a monster. And then um, with split lip, I gave him a angerer's hammer. So I one of those free actions every turn I'd use to regen. Oh, it, it was fun. I love that team. Um, I the serpent is one of those characters like, or one of those uh, dials I'd recommend someone pick up just because they're fun to own. One awesome thing I didn't realize about the serpent until I was looking at him when you played him is uh, he can he has way more options as far as point value options to start him at. Most Colossals only have like three different options and you have to play from biggest to smallest and they usually have like three dials. Yeah, you can play any combo. He has a, three. yeah, you can combo any one, two, or three of the three 
And he just starts at the highest and, one and goes Yeah, and you just play it from big to low, where that gives him, like, I don't remember, but it's like seven yeah, point options. That was the problem I ran into, was my original team, before I knew about the change to Epic Action, or before I knew that Epic Action was going to be used in over 1,000, um, I ran him at 1,100. I ran his 600 and 500 dial. Um, but I decided instead to go with his uh, 1,300 dial, which was so much fun. Um, the, he suffers from the typical colossal issues, though, of the lower end dials really are crappy, like once he gets pushed down to them in these larger point games. Um, so if you get blasted past that 600 point dial, he really drops in power level pretty quickly. Um, what teams did you play against? Um, first team I would have guessed was one that was basically all the Fear Itself LEs at once. Um, that was a really hard matchup, actually. Um, that Odin is a monster. I mean, I'm sure you're going to talk about him a little, but... Um, that Odin, he can pick a power, um, he's got like six top damage, and then that Cole Borson's like, is six top damage in the same way, except he picks a power to remove. Um... Pretty much my biggest mistake there was, but I hadn't really realized how important the fear dial was. Had I really started out, because the serpent starts out running shot, pulse wave, imperv, and shape change. Had I thought about running shot, pulse waving out, and then just turning the fear dial like seven times, and then free action pulse waving until it's full, it would have been a shutout. But due to my mistake, I kind of just pinged one character here and there, and it slowly worked its way up. Um, it really cost me the game overall, and he completely stomped the Serpent. Um, second game was against the Phoenix Five, and the guy ran, like, nonstop. Like, <laughs> it, it was pretty bad. Um, that Siege Perilous thing is annoying. Yeah, it is. Um, he ran all five Phoenix Five, I think, full point values. Yep. Um, I running shot Pulse Waved, turn one, hit all five of his characters. <clears throat> he had Book of Skull, too. Yeah. No, he had Gauntlet on Namor. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I derped. Yeah, um, running shot pulse waved, which turned me up the fear dial, which gave me my free action, so I used it for a normal pulse wave um, against, uh, I, I shelled out the damage with pulse wave, it was ridiculous. Um, I one-shot the Namor, uh, well, I shouldn't say one-shot, it was two, two actions, but I running shot... Because the cool thing about Colossals is the fact you can draw a line of fire from any square. Yeah. Um, so with Pulse Wave, they're a lot better. Um, so with the Serpent, I running shot out, Pulse Wave from one of my corner squares to where um, Namor was alone within line of fire. Pulse Waved him for seven damage. Oh, wait a minute. Hmm. Siege Courageous is a double power action. He was not using it as a double power action when I played against That's him. That's true. Um... Oh, well. That makes a little more sense, because yeah. the team was unbeatable <laughs> pretty much <laughs> when I played him. That would have made a lot of more a lot more sense. Anyways. Um, I running shot pulse waved, then free action pulse waved, and hit Namor for 14 pulse wave damage in one turn, which was... It was ridiculous. Um, it, it's such a fun piece, though. It's not, like, broken. Like, those first clicks are really good, but with comboing it with Anger's Hammer and things that can heal it really easily, it's ridiculous. Um, as I said, I'd, I'd recommend that piece to anyone who like really likes colossal pieces and wants some wants a good one. Like I really want to play a match of the serpent versus like a bunch of the mighty. Like that would be a fun matchup. I played uh, a really bad team. I played a bad. Well, it was better than I thought. I was going for just fun thematic teams. Uh, hence the the intro song today, Highwood Hill. I was playing Trigon. I 
I played Trigon, Mephisto, Dormammu. Which Mephisto? The con exclusive. Okay, I was about to say if it was yeah, SI you, Mephisto, you just you you don't you don't. Yeah, he's not very good. I don't even have. You uh, the holiday one. Uh, Ragnarok. You said con yeah. exclusive. He's a holiday con. He exclusive. But he said he's in the con. He's in the con exclusive. Uh, he's in the Wiz Kids set. Somewhere. Yeah. Anyways, you know the the <laughs> the pot belly one. <laughs> um, the pregnant one. Yeah, the pregnated one. And I played Ragnarok, Surtur, and the couple of the fire demons and then the leader of the son of Surtur. So it was kind of all demon team. Oh, and Blackheart. And I had a full book of Skull. I thought the team was going to be really bad. Um, for some reason, I was thinking Trigon wasn't going to be that good. He was actually very good. Trigon is really good. His, oh, yeah, Trigon's really good. His free action barrier thing is too sick. It is too sick. You get to, you get to place... Two barrier tokens that do not have to be next to each other, mm-hmm. and have to be—that's a free action. At, but you have to do it at the very start of your turn. Yeah. And he has like eight range. Yep. And you, uh, you place the markers down at the beginning of your next turn when you move them. You deal one damage to anybody adjacent. Well, see what's great about that is if you're playing on a map like Realm of Death or something, you could completely block line of fire with that. One good thing about my team, uh, both my Colossals and Blackheart. Once I gave him the run, once I gave him hammers. Mm-hmm. I'll have running shot psychic blast really? and Mephisto is once I gave him a hammer too. So in this event, that big of a point value, like everybody has imperv. You know what I mean? Like it's like Oprah show. Like you get imperv, you get imperv. <laughs> All of Phoenix Five has imperv. So that psychic blast actually is what made this a better team. Uh, had four figures that hit for like four damage each with psychic blast and good ranges like eight to ten. Um, yeah, Dormammu has a ten range, which I was surprised at. It's been a long time since I played Dormammu. And uh, also, Dormammu's trait that lets him ignore Mystics. Yep. I didn't have to worry about the Mystics on the Phoenix 5 when I yep. played them. Anyways, That's the main reason I pulse waved them was I didn't want to deal with that. The team worked out better than I thought. First round, I played the Phoenix 5 team. Um, I lost by like 50-some points. Time ran out. It was a very slow-played match. And uh, like Austin said, the Siege Courageous thing is just stupid. Because they pretty much all have either super high range running shots or hypersonic. And they can just run around, hit, and then at the end of turn, all teleport somewhere together. Siege Courageous should have to be at the beginning of turn. Like, it's just not, it's, it's not even fun. Like, I can see the strategic value in it to a point. But at the same time, most of the time it's used just to, like, waste time. And that's where I don't find it fun. Yeah, but it's never going to be looked at because a it's it's only in large yeah, it's point very games. large games and b yeah it's not a meta thing so it's not yeah. going to be looked at so yeah it's going to be there they're going to play them they are I don't think anybody expected that when they were all together they would be this dumb we knew uh, no I don't see how you could really they would be good them. we expected yeah them. I knew they'd be good but this yeah, is good I mean I've heard tons of people complain about having to play against them in in big points games and I hadn't played them till now and I got there weren't the the worries are warranted um well yeah there's it's just they kind of ruin those larger point games to a point my opponent hit leadership because uh when they use leadership on each other they get to clear tokens no matter point cost yeah there was one round where he hit four or five out of six of his leadership rolls and cleared basically his entire team and I was just like, this is just retarded. I finally killed uh, Cy- uh, Colossus, and I had all all the rest of his, his four figures were at least half dial, if not worse. But time ran out. So, I mean, I feel like given time, and I still had full health uh, Dormammu and Blackheart and Mephisto. 
So yeah. I was like, given time, I would have won, but we ran out. So the team did better than I thought. Uh, last round, I played a serpent. I read the card before we started the match, and I noticed, like you said, on his top dial, his fear dial gives him those free actions. And then once you get him on a second dial, it just gives him like pluses, you I know, so many pluses. I was like, screw that! I'm not playing around with no free actions. So I didn't even worry about hammers that much. I just like charged well, see, in. That's on the him. thing; he doesn't get multi attack, so he really he gets needs that. those free actions. Yeah. So I hit him hard and fast and got him on that 600 point dial, and then I started dropping hammers, and it was a very easy game for me. Because the way the fear dial works is, it starts out at one. Every time you damage an enemy, it goes up one. Um, at the beginning of the game, you roll a d6, you half it, and you add that to the fear dial. That's what it starts at. So at best, you get your first free action at six fear. So you would have to start at f- the the best you could start at is four. Usually you start at three because you add two. Um, you go swinging out with freaking. You go swinging out with him early, and you get him up to that six, and that's when he really just kicks in and becomes ridiculous. Yeah. I just got a text from Ricky, member of Dial H or Heroclix from time to time, special really? guest on the show. I want to read it to you. This still, I want to. I'm interrupting the podcast because it's this funny, and also because we've already talked about how Ricky cannot drink without instantly being drunk. Like he takes, oh God, what happened? He takes about two sips off a of beer and then he's like dancing around Applebee's on the table with his shirt off. So Ricky texts me from out of the blue. I haven't texted him all day. He goes, "Bro, love thou T H O U." I'm drunk. <laughs> and I said, I figured. And he just sent me a smile, smiley face and he hasn't said anything else. So there, there's a nice anyway. hello from Ricky to all so the So Ricky's with us in spirit today. Emphasis on spirits. <laughs> uh, GP was just two rounds, so that's all we played at Game Preserve this week. Uh, today we played at the dugout and I had kind of a farewell to fear itself event. I did constructed, was it 600 points, right? Think, yeah, 600. I think it was six. It's six hundred. Constructed, uh, six hundred points. You, well, let's see. You I was going to play Odin two trolls, which is four hundred. Two Iron Fist, which is five six. Yeah, okay, so six hundred. You could use everything from the full, uh, the main set, and you could use the prize LEs: the Loki, Hela, Thor, cool. uh, Odin, Cole, and Null. Cool. You could not use the serpent, and you could not use anything from the Mighty and Blitzkrieg packs. Because Hunter doesn't want me to have fun. Well, I did that because, honestly, the the the, sin, the Scotty and the Cap would have been fine. But the Iron Man, told, this event's supposed to be kind of a, instead of picking up sealed boosters and playing these guys with what you have, you're getting to construct a team, come up with strategies, yeah, yeah. make them work together. Come up with book strategies, make them work together, and Iron Man just totally shits all over the book. Yeah. And if ever, especially in an event where you know every single team is going to have the book, you know. <laughs> so I was like, well, I don't want Iron Man to be in it. And while I'm at it, in the same pack, let's just not let Splitlip be in it because, because he he's... takes almost all the strategy part out of it. I mean, for twenty points, well, he's yeah, letting you free action pick up the hammers. As I told you, we played something similar at GP, and anyone who didn't bring Splitlip was bottom half of the t- of the total list overall. Like it was pretty, it was it's, pretty. Drastic. So just to make it simple, I just said no Blitzkrieg, no Mighty, you know, everything else main set in the LEs, you're fine. Um, it was pretty fun. Uh, I did, I set out, but I had a team which I felt like would have just wrecked. I had Odin at full points. I had two trolls, two white suit iron fists, and a full book. 
And my plan was use Odin's attack power to give everybody else TK. Have the trolls TK out him and one of the Iron Fists at the start to get Hammer's turn one. And then turn two, clear them, move the rest of the guys up. And when I and Odin has a nine range, hypersonic, and when he uses hypersonic, he does not have his range. He also has a starting out six damage with Outwit, which Outwit in Fear Itself is totally it's really retarded. Nice. What are you talking about? Not to mention the fact that I'm shooting you from nine squares away, and actually with Hypersonic, it's basically a 13 square swing. Yeah. He's also Power Cosmic. He is, so yeah, he, he is Power Cosmic, yeah. so he has Willpower and he cannot be countered. So I was just going to TK him up, run at, or TK him up, Outwit defense, blast for six, spin the book, TK back. Keep doing that until they bum rush me. When they bum rush me, I, I move in the Iron Man's who or Iron Fists who already have their hammers and they go to town. Yeah. So and then once they uh, <clears throat> are either that or I was going to send in the trolls and then give them pulse wave and just let them be little pulse wave bombs because they pulse wave for three with twelve with yeah. hammers. And I was like, they could just be little pulse wave bombs. Like this team is not going to get beat. But I ended up sitting out because we had an odd, odd number of people and I had some. I had to get all our paperwork stuff together. So I'll let you guys talk about your teams. I know both of you did pretty well. I think you were both I two and one. Took it. Like I was close. Uh, both of you went two and one and finished like fourth and fifth respectively out of like ten or twelve people. What were you running, Austin? Um, I went with I all through fear itself sealed. I'd been up against that Dracula and I really wanted to try him. I was like, if this is a going way event for fear itself, I want to see what it's like to be on the on the giving end with the Dracula instead of the receiving end. So uh, I ran that Dracula and I ran two of the Hawkeyes um, from the set with a full book of the skull and the Iron Fist. Once again, Iron Fist went the mile. I think he himself must have killed freaking a thousand points of figures by the end of the night alone. Um, That's what he do. Yeah, what he do. But that Dracula, that Dracula's a monster. But once again, if he gets blasted, he's done. Um... Most of the games I didn't, because of the lack of split lip, I didn't have time to get my hammers out, um, which was actually pretty interesting. I enjoyed that a little more than the usual. <laughs> oh, darn. Didn't get no, free I'm hammer pickup. No, I'm saying, like, usually, like, when we play, last time we played the Fear Itself thing, like, because of free action hammer pickups, like, everyone already had a hammer by the time anything rolled yeah. in. But because of how this worked, things went a little quicker and people were faster on each other before hammers got dropped. Um, what was my first match? Oh, well. I know your last match was a showdown. Oh, my last match was one hell of a showdown. Um, that guy gave me a run for my money. Like, I've never... I don't think I... That's probably, like, the most intense chess-like game of Hero Clicks I've had. Like, uh, we talk about positioning a lot. Like, I feel like one square off at times. Uh, it was one of those matches where, like, things like running away, full movement, and stuff like that didn't feel like a douchebag move, like, because it was that serious, tactical kind of game, like... Um, there were times, like, I ran Hawkeye full distance just so I could clear him on his second token and get a few pot shots off before he could get up to me and start swinging again. Um, there was lots of stuff like that. Um, using, the other guy was using Elevated to his advantage a lot. Um, the big strategy I employed in all of my games was I had, um, double Hawkeye, um, would go up on one side of the map, and I'd have Dracula and Iron Fist go on the other. I'd keep Dracula in stealth, of course, and block for Iron Fist. Um, if my opponent went after the Hawkeyes, uh, I would drop the Dracula hammer, and then I would charge across there and just completely blast somebody with Charge Flurry. Um, if they went after Dracula, 
Drac can hold up on his own pretty well, and Iron Fist can help keep him distracted. And Iron Fist ignores characters, elevated hindering, so I put him up in the middle and tie up. And those Hawkeyes just tear into him from range. So, and it actually worked to my advantage really well all night. Like, all my opponents would either go after the Hawkeyes. Um, I think first two rounds, they went after Hawkeyes, and Dracula just got really big. Um, second match, the guy was playing uh, Skur and Greethoth together. Which, if you haven't been up against that, that, that is scary. Um, it's a long-range pulse wave that ignores the wor- anyone with the worthy keyword and uh, deals three damage, <clears throat> even if it hits multiple targets. So uh, That's Skurn's trait. Yeah, that's Skurn's trait. So I killed Greethoth right off the bat. Um, he had a null, too, at half-dial, I think. So uh, the main set null, not the Ellie. So he could still pulse wave for one, but the one pulse wave was a little more tolerable than three. Mm-hmm. So uh, I drop Null. Null. That Null with Half Dial drops really quick, actually. He drops, period. I've talked about him before. I've played against him probably four or five times. There has not been a single game I've played against him that he's landed a single attack against me. He's too Being giant size for him, it, he just goes down quick. He got some good damage in on my Hawkeyes, um, but when Dracula got up to him, I hit him once for four, knocked him down to like 17 toughness or something like that, and just the damage rained in. And the cool thing about running two of those Hawkeyes is they both have enhancement, so they're both buffing each other's damage by one, and I get the option of do I want to deal four damage to one target or do I want to do the end cap thing? And the triple end cap thing came into a lot of play tonight where I slowed down some enemies, um, especially people that were picking up hammers. I got to triple blast a few people and screw up their hammer rotations that they had planned, and it bought me a few extra turns to tear into them with Drac. And, of course, Drac attack with the cruise missiles and stuff on top of him was ridiculous. You just drop a hammer down, you quake, and he heals four, and you're like, I don't care. Oh, man, it was... that. This was probably, I mean, like... I want to say this is probably one of my best nights for playing. Like, I had a lot of good matches. Um, I played against some really good people tonight. And, like, I loved my team. Drew was playing that <laughs> no Lily, and he looked pretty dang good from what I could tell. I was watching some of your matches. Okay, so... All right. My team was Null, Hella, the second month Ellie, um, Hawkeye from the main set, and um, two Lokis, who were just there to be 60 points worth of annoyance. I mean, they roll on the prob and outwit, so they're very useful. You know, for 30, 30 points. They carry, they move and attack without taking negatives. It's just really good. They're pretty good, man, for 30 oh, yeah. points. But if I had to choose a true superstar, it would have to be Null. Because, okay, the first game, it all came down to Null drops pretty easily. I mean, he's still useful. He has Flurry pretty much his entire dial. And he keeps like a four most of the time, doesn't he? He doesn't go, He his last click he has a two damage. But, I mean... He has, like, what, ten clicks, I think? Nine. Nine clicks? Nine clicks. Um, he gets on the region, a bunch of, but he has Battle Fury's entire dial. He has Flurry pretty much his entire dial. So he's if you let him live, he's going to make you pay for it. But Especially the problem is that first game, my opponent, I flurried, and I didn't have uh, Scotty's on him, so he wasn't exploiting. He ended up get improving both <laughs> both of my attacks, which was a potential ten damage. 
So. Another nuts thing about him is his uh, sidestep for three. Oh while giant size and sidestep is locked. So remember, you can carry somebody for free with you. Yeah. Uh, for three squares and without taking a token. And remember, remember, he moves through break. He moves through blocking terrain and breaks it. No, don't care about no rocks. That's right. And he's a giant, so he already ignores elevated and hindering. I'm not yeah. going to lie. I really underestimated this Null at first glance. I knew his dial looked pretty sick, but I didn't think it'd be as good I as what it, it looked when Drew was playing it. <laughs> I mean, he was just manhandling everything. I hit someone for eight. <laughs> I don't even... it, was, it was like, okay, Null's on the book with Perplex. Okay, I'll Perplex up my damage and then move through. Free sidestep. Exploit eight is just like, and he's also good against Heimdall. He is because if you can set it up right, yep. you sidestep in, hit the wall, and then you charge with your hand. Yeah, he was like, "You got to stop right here." I'm like, "I know, but I get to charge now because I'm inside your three. Yeah, <laughs> and he has giant reach as well. He has giant reach, so he's pretty he's good. pretty sick, nasty for two fifteen. He's a lot of fun. Hella's really good. I mean, she's overcosted for normal point games, but she's good. I feel like Hella, you have to find a way to abuse that healing. Like, you have to either run her with an army of, like, 55-point minions. Personally, I think she's pretty overcosted. I wasn't too excited when they first showed her. Yeah, she, she's not She was great. the LE that I wasn't that worried I, about. I would like her better if her double-action token trait was closer to the top dial. I feel like the fact that it's, like, four or five in makes her a little... Yeah, you're right. You could build... It'd be much easier to build strategy. But if around. you get her down to, like, her 7th or 8th click, she just becomes a powerhouse with phasing teleport, penetrating psychic blast, 3 and 4 damage. And that mind control is pretty good against characters that start half-dial, which there were quite a few. What I did was I'd mind control somebody, move them out, and then I'd have the Loki's hypersonic in and <laughs> beat the shit out of them. Yeah, because uh, what I was saying about that mind control is it's ba- the bonus is based on their click number. Yeah, you can only target one, but... You get bonus to attack based on what click number they are, so you're always going to get plus one. Nice. So. Um, <clears throat> I saw a lot more people running Hawkeye than I thought there would be. There were a um, lot. After GP, I knew what to expect. Because that Hawkeye is just too good in other Fear Itself matches. The only thing is, like a couple of the Fear Itself pieces we've been over before, he drops so quick. Like, he has a few clicks of, like... Um, ranged combat expert and in cap back and forth, but and he hits the stop click. But past there, he's like nothing. Like he's just a nine and a two with energy shield. Like that's his only power showing. Yeah. We're gonna move into some news. Like we said, there's not a whole lot of news this week. Now, last week, you may have remembered we were uh, we had a little mini rant. I wouldn't call it a full fledged rant. Well, no, I was pretty pissed. I about, didn't the, to this. about the allocation of Iron Man, of, of Iron Man, and our main problem was they were doing the allocation of a super booster set in a main figure set, and we're going off that based on people who had shown pictures and videos reporting um, on YouTube and HC Realms and other places that you typically see those kinds of things. The vast majority of them were showing the allocation. It was not very good. They were showing it was one chase and one prime per case. Right. <clears throat> so we, as we said, that's a kind of a ripoff. Now I told you to vote with your wallets. And uh, I still stand by that no matter what the case is. But seems like now that more cases are being open, that there's actually kind of a randomness factor to your allocation, honestly. 
Um, I've had, I've seen YouTube unboxings where people have opened only one chase and only one prime in their case. I've seen them where they've opened two primes and no chase. I've seen two chases and no prime. I've seen two um, primes, two chases out of one. I was going to say, there's been people on HD Realm saying that they've gotten two case, uh, gotten a case of two chases and two primes in it. So, I mean, it's all over the place. Oh, yeah. So, like I said, I if you consider yourself a lucky person, I guess I, go ahead and buy the case. <laughs> so, Austin, there you go. Yeah. Uh, myself, I'm not going to buy any because I probably will not get a single chase or prime. Um, and I, I take back some of the stuff I said last week about the actual stuff that was in the set. Um, there were still like five or six figures that were unspoiled at the time, and it ended up, those five or six be, ended up being like exactly what I wanted out of the set. Um, we got like an Iron Doom and a couple another a couple versions of Iron Man that I hadn't seen yet. Yeah, I hadn't seen any the, Iron Doom at all before. The so. Silver Centurion um, Prime Common is amazing. I don't know if you've had a chance to look at that yet. I've seen it. It's a good dial. Um, the War Machine's really good. Like, the Prime War Machine's really good. There's there's a lot of stuff that showed up afterwards um, that did make me interested. I did buy a few boosters today and got some stuff. Um, a new Iron Man War Machine duo, of course, is in there, and that one's really good. Um, so, uh, so the allocation's kind of all over the place, like I said. My thoughts are on this are that that's terrible. <laughs> The fact that the allocation is completely random it is is I, a joke. I still don't like, and I I definitely think I'm not in the. I think I'm in the majority on this one. I think that primes primes themselves are a great idea. Like the scheme of having a character having a second version, you know, that either is a different character or a different take on the character. That's awesome. But the rarity placement that they've given them in the last few sets is god awful they should never count as you they're doubling the amount of chases like yeah. but not doubling the amount of chases so it's, it's just a it's a ripoff i mean it is it's blade money grabbing and, and when people but for some reason in people's heads they don't trigger in their head that that prime is basically the same rarity as a chase like they don't think about it it's clever, actually. Because it's, it's called a common. Yeah, brand. that's what I'm saying. It's actually clever you know, on WizKids. Those part. WizKids marketing execs know they what, know they're, what doing. they're doing. But it's, it's weird because you know you're going to get the common primes are worth so much less than like is right. it the super rare primes. So, anyways, you know, I just thought I would update on the Iron Man allocation and the word kind of around. Uh, this week we saw the release of the AVX starter sets. We saw the release of again the main set of, of Iron Man. I'm wearing five rings right now. If you if you he's, uh, he's wearing five <laughs> rings, folks. Oh yeah, Austin's got his gaudy girly Iron Man rings on right my, now. My sexy Mandarin rings. They're really dumb looking, by the way. Our store owner was kind of teasing him. It was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. pretty fun. Um, as far as the AVX starters, I'm gonna be doing a YouTube, or I might get these guys to join me. Doing a YouTube, uh, another starter review on those guys, showing you what all comes in them, and whether I we think that it's worth you shelling out the forty bucks that it costs to get. I don't know. I may have you guys on camera because I chipped my tooth today. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I've been sitting over here, and every time you open your mouth, I laugh because I keep seeing it. It reminds <laughs> me, it's pretty bad. I'm trying to get in the <laughs> habit of keeping my mouth closed every time I smile. <laughs> And, like, talking without opening my mouth very wide. He looks wide. like he's from Kentucky now, ladies and gentlemen. Shut up. <laughs> I was playing racquetball today, and I swung, hit a shot. The racket came back around and hit me in the mouth. Now, that kind of thing happens all the time. 
but I just I just perfectly hit the wrong angle. That's what always happens when you because it didn't even bust my lip open. Like I had my mouth closed when it happened. I just happened to hit the right perfect little angle to make that chip tooth uh, tooth chip off. And uh, I hit the shot though. That's all that matters. It was oh, a good yeah. fucking shot. It was worth the chip tooth. So I'm gonna have to get that fixed pretty soon. But hey, maybe I'll. Well, we're just lucky this is a podcast, not a video cast. Screw it. I'll go on the video. I'll. That'll be the first shot. It'll be the little uh, thumbnail on the video. Just to be me cheesing with my <laughs> my tooth chips. I like I like the AVX starters. I mean, we picked ours up today. Um, well, yeah, Drew. Yeah, Drew got his today. Yeah, too. I did. Um, I, I like them. I mean, the sculpts are really good. Like, these are some of my favorite sculpts they've done so far with uh, just the general Avengers characters and stuff. The like dice that. turned out way better than oh, I yeah. thought. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah there was a guy really playing nice. the dice tonight. They didn't seem loaded like the Blitzkrieg dice. <laughs> That's um, good. The, uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to go through, actually, and repaint some of mine because, like, the Iron Man, like, the paint's off a little bit. It looks kind of goofy, but... So, we'll be doing an in-depth review on our YouTube channel on the starter sets. Uh, oh, Actually, on the starter sets, there was something that um, one of the guys said tonight that was kind of funny. There's a reason that they, they don't have Spider-Man and Wolverine as the chips, as the poker chips. Um, because they don't have the rights to make poker chips with those characters on them. Oh, because they're Because Sony. Fox and Sony own those two characters. <laughs> huh. Because they own all the merchandising uh, rules for uh, materials like that. So what about the X-Men set? Who's on the faces of the X-Men? It's, all, it's the one straight from the kit. But that's what's weird about it, because I don't know... Someone brought that up tonight, because it is odd that it is only Spider-Man and Wolverine that are, that don't have chips. Yeah. It's Red Hulk, which Red Hulk's not in a set till the Deadpool set, and Black Panther. So, I mean, it was funny, and it was brought up, and I... So, and Red Hulk's also not in the starter, and... Yeah, he's not so, in the LEs or anything. Yeah, so anyways. Uh, he was a big character in ABX. Yeah, I was kind of shocked he wasn't in the starter, actually. So... Like I said, in-depth review. It'll be on our YouTube channel pretty soon. We got some spoilers from Superman Legion of Superheroes that are actually got, like I said at the top of this podcast, got a lot of people more excited for this I set. Really Myself ex- included. I wasn't excited for this set, but these spoilers make, they get me a little excited for it. Uh, we got Cosmic Boy. He has Indom and a flight symbol with 8 range. And the silliest name I've ever heard. The coolest thing about this guy is his attack power and his damage power are both really good. His attack power, you give him a power action and he can use TK twice as a free action. When he has two action tokens, he can use TK for free. So he's kind of like Magneto... From ABX. Uh, he's Magneto Jr. Yeah. No, uh, from... Uh, uh, GSX. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, the free action TK was pretty dang good. Oh, yeah. And with oh, two, no, really? two tokens, and he has Indom. So, yeah. Um, also, the power action version is going to be nice at the beginning of the turn to get your guys into position. Yeah. Like I was talking about with Hammers just now, that him himself could get two guys out that's ready like 90, to drop Hammers. That's a 90 point Hammer he's, for value. He's a wild card. All the Legion of Superheroes are wild cards. But they also created a special ATA on the cards for. For Legion of Superheroes, just like they did for, for the, some of the for Iron the Legion Man. founder ones. Yeah, yeah, just for the original guy, the OGs of the Legion of the oh, LOSH. Uh, the ATA reads: At the beginning of the game, place a founder token on the card of each character that uses this team that can use this team ability. When a character with the Legion of Superheroes keyword makes an attack after and after all rerolls. You may remove founder tokens to increase the attack roll by plus one for each removed token. 
and that's only three points. And I was just didn't really think about it before, but I just realized you could wild card this too and get more tokens because at the, at the beginning of the game, place a founder token on the character card of each that can use this team ability. So you don't have to possess it. So you could wild card and get more tokens, get a token on each person who could wild card. But wild cards don't... That's at the beginning of the game. Wild cards wouldn't begin until the, after the yeah, start. When you build the... Yeah, but they can still use it. The wild card can use the team ability. Yeah, but I thought wild cards were once you start the after the game started, you copy TAs with it. It is, but they can still they still have the ability to use it. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I'll you know that's one of, that's definitely going to get asked on on oh, yeah. from the rules forums. But I think I don't see why with the wording you couldn't be um, able to give them tokens. Now people... they did specify on the second part you wouldn't be able to do it. Because the second part specifies when a character with the L-O-S-H keyword makes an attack. So you couldn't do it on the attack of your wildcard person. And see, that's what's funny is the Legion Founder ATA works for anyone with Legion Founder. But the ability itself will trigger for anyone with Legion of Superheroes. For anyone who's a wildcard, which all the regular Legion of Superheroes are. They're all wildcards. So a Founder... No, it's it's keyword. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying... Right, I, I see what you're saying, but what I'm saying is, you that if you can wildcard this, I see what you're saying. you, you can play it with other. Le- on the team yeah, you can play it with other Legion of Superheroes guys, and even if they don't possess the ATA, you can copy it because every Legion uh, has the Legion team ability, see, which is wildcard. People in the forums were talking about how well that works with the disintegration beam ring because the disintegration beam ring is based on having your roll be ten or higher. This directly adds to your roll. So you can remove these tokens to force a 10 from a 7, which is huge. And what's great about this is it clearly notes after all rerolls. Because what would suck is if you spend it all and then they you prob spend it. it all and they prob it. And you're like, well, shit. <laughs> um, his damage ability is leadership. When he does, all characters with Legion keyword are considered a lower point by Very good. As far as the rest of his dial, he has uh, energy shield and barrier most of the time. And running shot and force blast. In cap, I mean, he's kind of he's he's got an eight range outwit. He is a pretty good piece. I I think I'm going to definitely for ninety points with Indom and all that. Like he's a he's a steal. Like I can see myself playing this figure. Yeah, I'm going to try him. He has the same sculpt as Havoc. It's kind of a remake. Saturn Girl is also really good. She has a special mind control. When if she has no tokens, she can use it as a free action. When she uses mind control, she is not dealt unavoidable from it. And increases her attack value plus one for each token assigned to her target. So she's kind of like Brother Voodoo. She's more like a Sister Voodoo. Sister Voodoo, and you then, might say. Or you could mind control and then pull a token off of her and do it again. But she can use mind control and so she could, you know. Oh, so she could use it normally as well. Yeah, so yeah. yeah she could do what Brother Voodoo can't. Uh, she has Psychic Blast and Super Senses beginning with Perplex. She has either Perplex or Enhancement full dial, and she gets Psychic Blast and Precision Strike, so I like this piece a lot. Good. 94 points. She's really 94 good. points. Again, wild card. Mm. No Indom on this, but she does have 8 range. 8 range mind control with no... for free. I mean, heck. And no you don't even take you damage. Could, yeah, you could keep her at range and just free action mind control each turn, and not even have to take a token until you really need to. If Then once you need to Psychic Blast, then Psychic Blast. Once somebody. again, she's 8 range Perplex, too, which is always nice, and Enhancement. So we've had a Magneto Jr. Now we got Sister the Voodoo. Sister Voodoo. Lightning Lad is basically Electro Lad. <laughs> uh, he has a power that's very reminiscent of our friend ASM Electro. Although Lightning Lads doesn't start until click three, 
It's arc lightning. Give give him a power action. Make a ranged combat attack against a single target using his printed damage value. Now this one they they rule, they worded yeah they worded way more precisely than they did Electro when he initially came out. You make an attack using your damage value. Each time that he hits, after actions resolve, so they'll take the damage first, he may then make a ranged combat attack as a free action against another single target, as if he occupied the previously hit character square. Also, that fixes problems with Electro KOing someone that it ends instantly. Re- uh, against another single... As if he uh, occupied the previous hit character square, replacing his range value with his printed range... Minus the number of hits he has made this turn with this power. And he also uses his printed damage value. So you don't have to go down in in damage every time you hit. It's just all regular attacks. And they specified that you're getting a ranged combat attack, not an action. So he can't use his psychic blast. However, he does have it in conjunction with precision strike for the last three clicks, which you could do that. You could and force force blast, blast, which you could also force blast each time if you wanted to. You could reach even farther that way by hitting someone, force blasting back on three, and then bounce to someone that you couldn't normally get. So he's going to be a little tricky. He's 104 points. He's a little costly. Yeah, no end on. No end on, but he is a great ranged attacker. Even at the start, he's got a. A running shot, psychic blast with 11 attack, 3 damage, RCE. And that Legion Founder ATA is great for this character because it makes sure you complete your chains. Yep. Good um, point. I really I really like him. Um, I was going to say overall, there was a discussion on HC Realms I wanted to bring up with you guys and see your opinions on it. People were saying there was a big debate over whether reusing quote-unquote powers like they've done with these three is a problem or not. And personally, I don't have a problem with it. Like, I think if it fits the character and they do it well, I, I mean, like, there's enough flavor with yeah, the other powers. As long the as character. it's only, like, three or less that have it, then why not? Especially I mean, because this is a, also a different yeah, universe. Gonna, I mean, this is a DC character. Yeah. I'm going to say, no, I don't have a problem with it. A, because it's a different universe, and B, that this is slightly better in terms of wording. and uh, It's much better in terms yeah, of wording. And precision. God, Electro was one of the most debated figures on ASM. Like, that figure caused so many troubles. Um,. I like him. I think he's an excellent sealed piece. Yeah, he's personally. great. Uh, I'm personally on board with his top click alone. I mean, running shot pin or an option to RCE, and he's a wild card. I mean, like, you could take, even if you were cross-universe playing, you could take Avengers Initiative or Superman Ally, and you could freaking just tear up with him. I mean, we're bound to get a Superman that has Superman Ally yeah. that leads Slosh or something like that in this set to combo with that. If there were only this hammer that gave willpower, darn. Yeah, I don't think I want a hammer that gives running shot willpower, Drew. I don't I like I think that'd be a little things. broken. Why a horrible would they make idea. Like that? We also got the mystical elf. Oh, Jesus. I really like this figure. From Yu-Gi-Oh! He, or she, I should say. It's a chick. Can be played for 50 points for the click style or for 7 points for the trapped version. She has two special powers, an attack power... At the beginning of your turn, you may roll a d6 that cannot be re-rolled. On a 4 to 6, heal an adjacent character one click. 50% every turn just to heal someone one click? That's awesome for... It's ridiculous. It's free action, too. Yeah. Then she has a damage ability of prop control and support. With a 10 attack. And a 10 attack already on that. (laughs) Donald Blake, eat your heart out. She's only 50 points. She has a 50-50 chance of healing you one click already. 
And then she has the prop, the support with the tin attack and prop control on top of that. She is silver ring though, so I mean, like, well, I'm glad she's yeah. <laughs> She'd be ridiculous if she wasn't. She's a 18 defense barrier as well, so she's an excellent support piece. She it looks like a super rare though, right? Uh, Four, gold, zero yes, forty-four SR. gold. So she's gonna be hard to come by, but she's pretty dang and good. And her uh, trap and spell abilities are great too. Uh. We've talked about trap and spell before. They're pretty dang confusing. I'll just read the uh, the ones that she gets particularly. Her spell is give the set character a power action. The set character can use prob, but only for its own attack rolls. When the set character misses with an attack, remove the spell. So basically, all you, you can prob, is- but once you miss, you're done. <clears throat> like the spell's done. But see, like, and what's cool about that though is you pay seven points. To put that on their card from the start, and they just need a power action to do it. Like there, I can think of some characters that's amazingly useful on right now with like low attack values but really good utility abilities. Yeah, but see, the problem is going to be like it's saying, like that last line: when the set character misses with an attack, remove the spell, so you're not going to get it anymore. So you got to make sure that when you use that, you can't just swing for a ten and then prob it because if you miss it again, then you're not getting the, that prop yeah, anymore exactly. for the rest of the game. So don't use it. Uh, you need to be intelligent with it. Is basically yeah. what I'm saying. I I would more use it as a uh, oh shit I rolled a crit miss or a three. This will bail me out for seven yeah. points. You know what I mean. Um, her trap is skull dice. When the set character would be KO'd, you may activate this trap. Deal one unavoidable damage to each opposing character 150 points or more within six squares. Then remove the trap. So as some your character dies off. They deal one unavoidable to each 150-plus character within six squares. That's you know, not you know, bad for seven points with, either. I'd pair that with all my zombies in a big horde, and then every time you pop a zombie, boom, one unavoidable, boom, one unavoidable. What about playing it on an extremist brute who is already going to blow up <laughs> and destroy pulse wave everybody in range? But basically, the, the trap system's not bad. It's just when the character dies, you pick one of the two clicks, and you put it on someone else's card upside down, and then you can either... Choose a power action to activate it, or if they die, it activates if it's a trap. So can you... Let's see, when this character code, or when building... Yeah, or when building your force. Yeah. So I was going to say, I, I like the I like the option. It's almost like... They're almost like little mini ATAs. Yeah. You know? I feel like they're kind of like feats in a way, almost. Exactly. This um, is a different way of doing feats. The, the only thing I was just thinking about, the skull dice part, the trap part... I was like, man, I'm going to run that on all my zombies for 7 points. I'd rather have 32-point zombies that guarantee damage. Then I forgot she's Silver Ring, and I think that'll also apply with her yeah. as a trap. That is it for news. Slow week for news. But that's all right, because we got After lots... Monday, hallelujah. Yeah, we got lots of Mage Knights to talk about, Drew. What, what are we talking about? Talking about that Mage Knight, Mage Knight. Yes! I'm going to get that Lord of Rings. I'm going to no. get that Mage Knight. Yeah. <laughs> These ladies have been so excited for this set. <clears throat> okay. So, let's save our praise for the end when we sum things up. Okay. Let's there just go. go through these dials objectively and talk about how good they are, and we'll kind of keep track of the best ones. And how biased you guys are for all these... Oh, I'm just messing with you. We, we will also read each of the different TAs. So, for those who are unfamiliar with Mage Knight... They created team abilities for, I think there's six different ones? There's, yeah, there's six or seven. I, guess, I think there's six. We'll see them as we go through. We'll talk about them. Uh, each team ability is really cool. 
And most of them trigger off of, like, leaders. Like, you choose a leader who's, like, the highest point, and then you get things based off of that. Yeah, mo- almost all the set's commons actually are all generics, pretty much. That's what I was going to say. We'll talk about that at, at, Actually, the all the commons are all generics. Yeah, all of them? yeah all every the single one. Oh, man, that's beautiful. That makes it so much better when you're buying this oh, set. I know. But we'll talk about that at the end. Uh, first, we're going <clears> to <throat> go through the dials. <clears throat> Mage Spawn is the first team ability that comes up at the beginning of the game. Choose a friendly character with the highest point value to be this team's master. If a character using this TA is within four squares of the master, when the master is given a move action, the character using this team ability may be given a move action as a free action. Uncopyable. So, like I said in my starter review, this kind of gives you moving attack. I love it. I mean, like, honestly, I wish they... And I'll bring this up as we go through here. Some of these TAs I really want to see in the main universe stuff. Like, I feel like... That could be a good, like, sub-TA for, like, even, like, something simple. like Well, a, anything. I mean, yeah. that can go on anything. Like Especially in characters. Special forces or something. Yeah, characters who <laughs> have, like, bosses. You know what I mean? It's almost, okay, it's not move and attack because you can't do it whenever you want to. You know, you have to yeah. have your main guy. But the plus side, there's no stipulation on how far you can move. You're getting your full movement. And that's that great movement. for mastermind characters. Because those mastermind characters are constantly moving and bringing their whole mastermind fodder with them. It's also great because you'll notice in this set there's not a lot of flyers or carriers. There is not. So this TA, if you think about the beginning of the game, all your guys are going to be within four of the leader. Mm -hmm. So when the leader moves, they're all going to get to move without taking action tokens. Oh, yeah. So beginning of the game, it's going to save you lots of actions. Uh, So the reason I bring it up, it's on Moonborn Dunewolf. Who has a trade of stealth, and when he occupies hindering, he can use flurry. Not bad. He has forty-five plasticity. Uh, only forty-five points. He has plasticity, three clicks of charge, and some more plasticity. And he only has uh, reflexes and willpower on defense. He only has like an eight an eight attack and a seven attack. His attack values are pretty crappy. Um, he's only forty-five points. I don't think he's that great as, as out of the rest of the set. He's one of the weaker pieces overall. He's definitely not um, one of the best pieces, but he he's good on a mage spawn team, and you're probably going to run at least one because he's a good tie-up piece. And he's cheap, too. Well, yeah, and you're getting a free move out of a plasticity character. Mm-hmm. I mean, like even if the boss only moves back and forward one just to cause all these wolves to go into position, mm-hmm. like that alone's worth it. Yeah. I mean, technically, if you really break it down, you could move them a full 14 in one turn, by doing the free move, moving them out, then power action, moving them another set. I mean, like, that's that's pretty... For 45 points, that's not terrible. His dial's terrible, but... I, I wouldn't use the word terrible. The TA in conjunction with his plasticity and his combat reflexes yeah. makes him useful. Number two is Dwarven Axe Shield. I actually really like this guy. And he, has the, guy. he has a dwarf keyword, so he's... You can play with Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I've already got a, a dwarf team lined up. Big lo- dwarf team. Uh, he's got some <laughs> sidestep. Quake and a defense power of toughness. Once per turn, when he or she, or when he or his leader takes damage from a ranged attack, roll a d6 on a result of five to six. Deal one damage to the attacker. So you have a chance so either like you or your leader takes damage. Uh, you uh, you can make them take one. Well, damage. he has the mercenary to you. Now it's not penetrating damage that you're dealing to the attacker. So you got. But you're going to be playing mage knight, so. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of dampeners. Yeah, uh, mercenary team ability is at the beginning of the game. Choose blah blah blah. Choose a leader. I'm just gonna from now on. I'm just gonna call it choose a leader. 
A character using this TA modifies its defense plus one when within four squares of its leader. So that's not that's a good TA. I mean, and, uh, you could run a bunch of these guys with a Gimli. Be like, hey, Gimli, you're now king of the dwarfs. And then, oh, I already have it. And Gimli has power actions to give like everybody oh, CC yeah. and everybody this and everybody that. It's going to be sick. I like him. I mean, like... like he's I, not amazing. <laughs> but when you but, first crack these, like, the sculpt is great. Like, I love this little figure. He's not amazing, but he's not... <clears throat> He's, he's good. He's for just like the Moonborn Dune Wolf. You know, he works well with the rest of his team, which is going to be a running theme with these mates. Now, this guy's good. Next guy, Skeleton Skull, uh, Skullwalker. Now, this guy, actually, really, honestly. I told good. you, he's good. We we talked about him because this is one of the ones they spoiled. Yeah. This yes. guy's sick, nasty. He's got Mage Spawn keyboard. Or team ability. He's so. got that nasty trait, Drew. What's it do? You give him a move action, and after action is resolved, place a hindering terrain marker in the square that remains on the map until Skeleton Squall Walker no, no longer occupies the square. He ignores uh, the marker for movement purposes. So what's he got on them first four clicks? He's got stealth. He's got stealth that he carries around with him. <laughs> yes, he does. And he doesn't worry about it when he moves. And he has exploit weakness. Mm. And he has that... Mage spawn team. That mage spawn team believe that lets him move for free already. He's pretty damn good. He can get wherever he needs to go for free, staying stealth, and then exploit in your face, all over your face. He's, he's just got, good. He's got mid-dial invincible. That was going to be my next point. On a 55-point piece, you're getting mid-dial invincible, which is nuts. It's pretty nuts. I can't imagine like some guys like I'm gonna pick off the rest of these minions. I'm gonna hit them for like four, and then it's like nope, invincible too. Oh, and then he regions back up to invincible. <laughs> By the way, he has blades. Is oh, he has even... blades when he has invincible too, yeah. while he still has stealth. So for the set, he's a great piece. He's pretty great. One I mean, of the better cheap guys. What are his keywords? Warrior, monster. Oh, he's got monster and warrior. Son, that's so awesome. Sandress and Winsman is one that got spoiled beforehand also. 40 yeah, this points. is one I really liked. 40 points with the Mercenary TA, which is the one that gives plus one defense. Um, has a special movement power, Flurry and Force Blast. When he uses Force Blast, subtract three from the D6 roll, minimum of one. Eh. Oh, wait, this mm. isn't the one I thought. You're not going to use him for yeah, the Yeah, you're not going to use that. He, but on those three clicks that he has Flurry, he has Precision Strike. Flurry, Precision Strike. That's worth it. Um... I'm trying to think, what piece was it that I played Flurry? Oh, it was the Sith from the starter set. The Sith from the starter set has Precision Strike and Flurry together at the same time. And it was very useful. I mean, I was playing against the Odin, Ellie, and um, a... There was it was another big points. It was one of the Thors from the Thor set. They like all had impervious, and Sif was just flurry hitting you for one, hitting you for one, like every turn chipping them away. One of these weeks, are just the tips going to be about how ridiculous precision strike is in combat with other things? Because I've had so many rounds with precision strike flurry or energy explosion flurry or uh, precision strike and energy explosion together. You say how's that work? Um, mm-hmm. The new uh, the it's new Detroit Steel breaking the laws. Of the new Detroit place. Steel has uh, energy explosion precision strike, and even though he only has one bolt, that's amazing. Like it's so good. What sucks is top dial. He doesn't have that. Um, he does have willpower top dial. And blades for forty points. Yeah. So I think I would move him in with my guys, and then I would push him onto yeah the precision fine. strike flurry. And he has a reflexes of seven with fifteen, so seventeen from. He's got water movement too. It's from melee. I like for forty points. He's pretty good. He's forty value. points. Those three clicks in the middle are just nasty. Yeah. What this guy and the skeleton so far are two really good commons. 
Altum Sentinel. I actually pulled three of these guys, and I lost one of them on the way home somehow. Uh, he's 50 points. He has a new team ability we haven't talked about yet. Phoenix Concord. Once per turn, when the power or ability of a character using this TA or an adjacent friendly character would be countered, roll a d6. On a 5 to 6, the power ability is not countered. So oh, this is like nice. society, society for friends. It's better than society, though, like I said when they spoiled this guy. Because his part where it says, or a character, or an adjacent friendly character. It doesn't say that that adjacent has to have the keyword. Mm-hmm. So he can give any big points piece that can be outwitted. I mean, there's a million examples of mm-hmm. when you see a big 200 point piece and it's real badass, and you're uh, like, "Wait till we get down to like, those SRs down here." Yeah, and it's like, "Oh well, he could be outwitted." Not now, not when this little guy's next to him. Now here's oh, it's once per turn. See, I was gonna say, is it once per turn per character? Or just once per turn total. When a power ability of a character using this team ability, uh, it's probably once per turn total. But we'll have to look it up. This guy has full dial plasticity. In conjunction with that nasty trait, Drew. <laughs> when a character fails to break away from Altum Sentinel, deal that character one damage. Push. Now, deal with me. For 50 points, you're going to deal with you're me. You're going to do it. It's not worth trying to break away. <laughs> you're just going to do it. You don't want to break away. Because if you, if you don't hit that six, you done some. But, but Hunter, what's that? If you do pop one of these guys for three, what do they land on? exploit plasticity so then you're gonna get to swing in on this person with exploit the only thing that really sucks is that it's not one penetrating damage yeah yeah but a good cool thing is running swarms of these guys is that what you're gonna bring up yeah (laughs) go ahead (laughs) well you had your finger up i didn't see it no go ahead you're right run a swarm of these guys tie somebody up if they do if they are stupid enough to try to break away then they're gonna take one from each person who they're who is yeah, facing yeah. them. So they take like three or four. Yeah, and if you have a good outwit in the middle of them or someone like up above that can outwit the person's defense, they all of a sudden just took three They four. also have Phoenix Council uh, keyword, or Concord keyword, which has a piece that does some things we'll get to later. Um, the one thing I do want to bring up is this is very important for... It's easy to forget sometimes that when you outwit defense, it lasts till your next turn. Um, this is a set where that's going to matter a lot because there's a lot of damage on your opponent's turn effects. Um, we've already seen a few of them on three of these minions now. I mean, <clears throat> Goblin Pillager belongs to my favorite faction, I think, Ascendant TA. Which, you know, I was thinking the other day, the little uh, image for this team ability it looks like uh, Akuma's hair. Yeah, it does. <laughs> this team ability is pretty sick. It's, it's the it's same an, one as the Klingon, isn't it? It's one. It's an offensive team ability. When a character using it modifies its attack value by plus one when they have one action token. Yeah, it's the Klingon team ability from the Star Trek Tactics. I love this team ability. This guy's really cool. I mean, he's not amazing for 40 points. He just has a really cool little power set. He has leap climb, and he has improved movement, can move through squares adjacent to opposing characters, but still needs a breakaway. But when, so basically when he moves in, he has the, the benefits of flight. And he has a special attack power that gives him super strength, and when he moves through, he can pick up objects held by adjacent opposing characters... Remember, he doesn't have to stop on them, so he can just move past, move through your your swarm of guys. <laughs> hey, Hulk, let me borrow that tent. Take all quick. their yeah, take all their objects from them, and then when he does so, he can choose one of the op- two objects he's holding and remove it from the game. And see, this is actually really good for a forty point Silver Age figure because right now what people are doing is they're using super strength characters to carry lanterns with the new PAC rules. So you could go buy jack, you could ha- have a light object, 
jack-o'-lantern, no pun intended, from someone's hand, and then choose to destroy the lantern and remove it from game. You know, I'm disappointed in you that you didn't intend that pun, because it would have been pretty dang good. Yeah, it would have been good. But, alas, he already said he didn't. He didn't intend it. Screw you guys. Next, the zombie shambler. Who is really good. (laughs) He has the Mage Knight team ability. He has uh, improves movement, ignores hindering, and he has another trait. Whenever an opposing character takes damage from him, Roll a d6. On a 5 to 6, he gets outwit, but only to target that character. So you got a 45-point piece that has a chance of getting outwit. He has willpower, and he has special damage ability of adjacent posing characters modify defense values negative 1. Just like that Roy Raymond I like so much on my capture team. See, what I like about him in Mage Knight is, once again, with with the lack of dampeners and stuff, all you got to do is pop somebody with that energy explosion once, and hit like two other people, and you're almost guaranteed to be able to outwit one of them. Well, that's something I wanted to bring up. You're like five range, nine attack, energy explosion. It's not that good. It's not that good. But a forty-five in, point figure in Mage Knight, it's pretty good. It's yeah. pretty good because a lot of these pieces, you'll notice as we go through, they either most of them have no range, or they're super range focused. They're like they're like the faction leaders and they're like eight range double bolt sharpshooter but there's only like one or two of those guys in this whole set. Yeah, and this there's not much range at all. This guy's set up the way I like him, range top heavy and then uh, they drop into melee. He gets steel energy exploit. I was going to say steel down. energy exploit on the last three clicks is pretty nice. But see what's cool is as mage spawn you use a horde of these guys. Mm-hmm. You use some of them to tie up to drop the enemy's defense, which once again already low defense, you're dropping them even lower and the ones in the back are freaking pinging them. And then you drop him on exploit steel energy. So he's not too bad inside of this set. Gasolite Sword Brother we liked a lot when they he first. He is is this the one that my, does the, the one of my favorite? Pieces. Yeah, this is this was this was the one that was. He basically my has the pounce feet. He has improved movement, ignores characters, and he has a special movement attack uh, movement ability. He has flurry, and when he does, he can use sidestep immediately before making the second attack. So he can. Use flurry, and if he wants to go hit somebody else, he can. Anyway. He also gets two clicks of empower mid dial. You forgot to mention he ignores characters. I did at the beginning. Okay, okay. I did, however, forget to mention that there is one <laughs> click. There's one click where he has blades with that as well. It's yeah. ridiculous. So, blades and empower. So you get a horde of these bastards together and just for only forty five points, he gives you lots of bang for the buck. Mm-hmm. One of the better generics. Probably the best generic we went over so far. Him I and like the this skeleton. Guy. Wolfkin Raider belongs to the Ascendant, which is the uh, plus one attack with an action token. Now he's seventy-five points, so he's a little pricier than some of these other guys. But he has plasticity most of his dial. He has seventeen reflexes for the first couple clicks. Nineteen defense is really good in this set. Mm-hmm. The one thing I do want to bring up about Ascendant is most of the figures that have Ascendant don't have willpower, so you're kind of pushing them for that. Dan- you're pushing them when you do it. But you're pushing them for that extra one attack as well. The Ascendant are the orcs, and they're very, like almost everything else where there's an orc faction, they're all Blitzkrieg, you know what I mean? Like, that's why I I think I'm going to play They go in, axes swing, and they don't give a damn about their own safety. He has a trait, uh, so like I said, Plasticity with a 19 defense is really freaking good in this set alone. Late dial, he gets toughness and willpower. He'll lose the reflexes. But for the first four clicks... But He's t- a 19 or an 18 from melee trying to hit him. Toughness which, is pretty good in this set, though, because nuts. a lot of characters don't even have that. And he gets four clicks of CCE in the middle as well. Yep. Then he has a trait. After a friendly character within four squares of line of fire takes damage from a close combat attack and action to resolve, you can place Wolfkin Raider in a square adjacent to the attacker or the target, which could be useful. Oh, yeah. 
Um, especially considering he has uh, plasticity. Well, I was going to say plasticity, yeah. So you could place him in key areas where his plasticity will help you a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay, now here's here's my question with this. If someone hypersonics and this guy suddenly is placed next to them with plasticity, how would that operate? Would they still be able to finish moving away? After a friendly character within... Oh, no, because it's It like... wouldn't matter because this is after action resolved. The hypersonic oh, yeah, person's right. already yeah. going to get away, okay. and then you put them next to but, it. Yeah, but then you could also stop them from hypersonicing again. So he's pretty good for 75 points. Next is Shift Ravager, who's 60 points. He has the Mage Spawn team ability as well, the one that lets you move. Uh, he has four clicks of stealth and a special attack power of Poison and Smoke Cloud. And he has also, on top of the stealth, when it's not your turn, lines of fire drawn to him when he occupies hindering ter- or water terrain are hindered. So he's stealthed in water and in hindering. And again, he has the dolphin, so he ignores water. Uh, he has that poison and smoke cloud on top of a 16 with combat reflexes. So you got an 18 reflexes with poison. Like we said, a lot of pieces in the set don't have dampener, so that yeah. poison is a lot better in this set only. Andy has two clicks or two damage exploit weakness, and then CCE. After and then his. for the last four clicks, he gets CCE and he gets poison. Poison again on the on his last two clicks. So he's just tie up poison, stay alive, be annoying as hell, and make you take the poison. Brute monster and shift. I'm liking all these monsters. I mean, these are some good monster figures. I mean, like they're not like amazing in main universe stuff. Well, but they're good because they're low point options. Low point the options are always. Really, really fun. And Mage Spawn's always great. Dominion Pact. Let, let me read something on Mage Spawn. Does your leader have to have the team ability? Nope. Holy crap. I know, that's what makes it so great. That's yeah. why Mage Spawn is... And that's yeah. What, yeah, that's what's great about a lot of these minions is you could play some of these That's why mercenaries are. like that too, because they're mercenaries. Yeah, so the leader doesn't have to have the team ability. And so like in Silver Age games, you could run these guys with whatever you wanted. The next guy, I think this is probably my second favorite faction. The next guy is Bonebreaker Shaman. He Now, he's 80 points, but he is basically one of the best, probably the best support piece for his points in the entire game. Because yep. he has top dial TK barrier, perplex, and support with 8 range. Okay, in this point. set, yeah, pretty nuts. Pretty good. And then Dominion Pack TA. The, the Dominion Pack team ability is when an opposing character with, within 4 squares is, knocked, is KO'd. Characters using this TA are healed 1 damage. It's better on their uh, actual damaging pieces than it is on him, though. Now, so top dial, he's all support. Got the TK, the barrier, the perp, and support. But then for the next three clicks, he gets Psychic Blast with that 8 range, which in this set, 8 range is nuts. Especially Psychic Blast. When an opposing character takes damage from his attack, and the result of the attack is doubles, the target can't move until your next turn. Not something you want to base your strategy around, but it'll be nice when it happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not something to rely on, but if you think about it, the fact he's a generic and you could run multiples of this guy if you yep. really wanted to, you could just TK them into position and just keep throwing attacks downrange and locking down your opponent. Next is Norwas, who's an uncommon. Now, he's 100 points, and he's a, here's another new faction, Council of the Mists. A character using this TA... Now, this TA is going to be confusing. We already talked about oh, yeah. it before. A character using it can use prob, but only during your turn, and if the reroll does not have at least one dice with a one or a six, the reroll is ignored. So Austin brought up a good point a does long time ago. Does that mean ago. it just fails, or does that mean it goes back to the previous roll? Around? It would mean, I would think it would go to back to the original roll. So you brought up a good point. When you, you play Council of the Mist, 
you bring two sets of dice. Yeah, you got to remember what you're holding. And when you use the this a team ability, you bring out your second set of dice to roll. And that way, if you don't get a one to six, then you look at your old dice and say, okay, this is what the original attack was. So that way, let's say, well, he only has one bolt. So really, it won't, for him, it won't matter. But let's say you had one of these guys with two bolts, and you roll, and you're like, well, I hit one guy, but I missed the other one. I really want to hit that other one. I'll go ahead and probably Yeah, you'll take the shot. Yeah, and then you roll, and you miss both. <laughs> but you don't get a one or six. You're like, hey, I'll take this. It's it's a cool TA. I feel like it needs clarified a little. Um, I can see cha- I can see myself running council miss teams that we'll get to some of the bigger pieces I, later. I don't think it needs clarified. You just got to make like we said. You got to make sure you bring two dice because other than that, you're going to be like, well, what what did you originally roll? And then well, there's going to be mean, arguments. Like, I mean, like the fact on what is what exactly does it mean when a reroll is ignored? That's that's really what I, I just want clarification on that. Because, I mean, like, I can see both sides of this being so. Uh, I think it just means, guy. like, it never happened. So you would go yeah. with your original role. I'm inclined to agree with Hunter. Anyways, go ahead and talk about this guy, because <clears throat> that range for this... Uh, okay, he's 100 points, he's got 9 range and Indom. Okay. With Sharpshooter. With Sharpshooter. And Running Shot, which I don't how, think we've how seen. Is, Have how, we seen Running Shot yet? No. No. Actually, we have Bonebreaker Shaman, I think, has it, and, uh... Bonebreaker had a uh, I don't think you did. No, someone had it. Uh, I think you're wrong, Drew. I think I'm right. I think you're wrong. I want to look. I think someone had it. You're wrong. Drew's wrong. Wrong. It's wrong. D-Lard. Anyways, anyways, go ahead. I must have been thinking of TK. Anyway, um, he gets a 10 movement running shot with 9 range, which is just stupid. An 11 attack in this set? Super senses and his damage ability, which is leadership and perplex. When he uses perplex, he may only target a character from whom he removed an action token this turn, but he may modify a combat value by plus two. Son, Hmm. I like that a lot. So even though he's a generic, he's kind of a little leader guy, too. He's he's useful, yeah. Well, you know what, though? I don't think he's generic. Who other... He's generic. Yeah, he's generic. He's supposed to signify the elite guard or something. Who oh, okay. other of Council of the Mist is cheaper than him? Oh, Techno Shockers. Okay, so the only and Techno ones... Shockers would be good with that. Don't you bring Techno Shocker we'll into this We'll get to him. We'll get to him. Council of the Mist are all, I noticed, all expensive points. Yes, yeah. they are. But they're good for their points. So you got these other armies. you got the Mage Spawn armies and the Mercenary armies who are swarm teams. You know what I mean? Yeah. The Ascendant's kind of a mix. There's a lot of high point orc guys, but really, but there's also really a few low. generics. These Council of Mist guys are all they're mostly ranged, but they're exp- and they're expensive. They're like a hundred. Most of them are a hundred or more. Mm-hmm. But they're dang good. He's really good for this set. So, um, so yeah, he has to hit the leadership on the Techno Shocker before he can use Perplex. Yeah, but then when he does, he gets plus two on that. Freaking I mean, Techno Shocker already. We'll, we'll get to Techno Shocker. <laughs> I'm so excited for Techno Shocker. Like this is this this is the faction I want. And play. now we get to our first. So Norwas is definitely going on our best so far. Arethia is pretty cool. Dominion Pact, which is the team ability that lets you heal a damage when somebody's KO'd near you. Uh, 100 points, 18 defense willpower is pretty dang good with right. support. With support. So. Another good support piece. Now, this one actually has an epic action. First epic action. For each character on your force that takes damage before your next turn, place a ritual token on her card. So, it said for each. So, if multiple people, you get one for each one. At the beginning of your next turn, deal damage equal to the number of ritual tokens on her card 
to a target opposing character, maximum damage one per 200 points of the game's build. I total. love that. Like, that's, that's pretty cool. so cool. Like, I can already think of, like... There's no line-of-fire range yeah. thing on that either. It's mm-hmm. just straight Ton- Think about it. With tons of generics and stuff, with some of these characters that are flurrying or energy explosioning... I was say... Like you could just rack up five tokens and drop them on somebody. I mean, you run her with a bunch of the little cheap mercenary guys. Let them go in, sidestep flurry, yeah. screw everything up. You know, you run four or five of them. <laughs> the plasticity. They're gonna get hit. <laughs> Yeah, and then she's like, guess what? Payback, motherfucker. And see, and what's great about that is some of the later, like, big pieces usually have super senses, and that's not an attack. So you're talking about drilling somebody for five damage that they can't avoid, and you could do that in almost, I don't want to say almost one shot, but you could knock a major character down dial with that. She also has a traded end cap when she does after action to resolve. Roll a d6 on a five to six, their hit character... Hit target is dealt damage equal oh, hey, to the Hulk number guy. of action yeah, tokens. Yeah, but she's a stealth supporter with a traded end cap, energy explosion, and that awesome epic action for a hundred points. Pretty I mean, like, I love this piece. I like it a lot too, man. Uh, if that if you could choose multiple characters on that too, it'd be even more nuts. Here's so she's pretty dang good. This next one's probably my favorite piece. Good old gold dicks. This guy is probably my favorite piece in the set. He's one of the best sculpts in the set. Uh, yeah, Drew, sure. Drew is all over this. Talk sculpt. about gold, gold. Dicks. Okay, it's so 150 points. He doesn't have end on, but uh, you can give him an epic action. You can choose up to a, <laughs> one object per 200 points of the game. For each object, roll a d6 on each result. Uh, are on a result of 3 to 60 a 1 penetrating damage up to 2 opposing characters holding or adjacent to the chosen objects of a chosen object square. So you basically just make a bunch of um, objects object. quake yeah. for 1 penetrating? I don't know. I guess it would come in handy if you're playing against a big super strength team, but for 150 points, I'm going to be using that hypersonic. Uh, hypers is attack ability. Hypersonic inter- or energy explosion as if he had 1 target when he does an action to resolve, end cap as a free action. And he has seven range. He's pretty good. Pretty He's good for the set. Um, he, out, no, and then when he goes down dial, look at his ability. He gets a damage ability at the beginning of your turn. Heal an adjacent friendly character of one action. Holy shit. That's shit. just, hey, just here. here. There's no here you go. nothing. Here you go. Here's your, here's your free stuff. Take this heal. Here's a cool rules thing that I want to point out, just because I'm a junkie and it popped in my head. Uh, and also, somebody, I think it was you, Austin, was asking me about questions about energy explosion when it says it gives you so many targets versus printed and all that stuff. Here's a good example. The guy has seven range, two bolts on his base. Mm-hmm. The attack power says gold dicks can <laughs> use energy explosion as if he had one target when he does an action, tokens removed, blah, blah, blah. So, only part we care about, Gold Dicks can use Energy Explosion as if he had one target. Now, that means when he targets and does the attack, he can only shoot at one person. Okay, so However, once it hits, he can he'll him. get two damage from his two bolts okay. on his base. You see what I'm saying? I don't know how I feel about that. I know it's kind of confusing. I'm well, just wanting to point that out to It's confusing, I just don't... I feel like there's a few characters, like, I, they could have done it cooler. Like, there's some characters I'd like would get, like, a big rocket that blows up for three damage and stuff like that. Yeah. I just wanted to point that out for people, because I know that's going to be confusing for a lot of people. You've got Phoenix Concord, too. 
This guy's pretty nuts. I mean, he is 150 points, but hypersonic in this set? Is nine pretty, nine movement, seven range? I mean, three clicks a region? Hunter, we've talked about how much, like, two clicks a region is awesome. Free healing? He's great. Uh, plus, he has the uh, the team ability that helps him to hopefully not be outwitted. I mean, he's what are pretty you gonna do? I with my hypersonic? Nope. Next is Tomac. This is my favorite ascending guy. Okay, he's my favorite besides the starter. You guys have looked the starter guy because he's fucking nuts. He's beyond good. I talk about it in the, in the video. This guy, <laughs> I've seen it. Tomac is 150 points. He has charge and he has a special attack power. He can use close combat expert when he does, and then he rolls doubles. He deals penetrating. Ooh. Uh, he already hits hard already. He has threes and fours on his damage hold the whole dial. He has a traded uh, uh, when he makes a close combat attack and misses, he can immediately use sidestep. <laughs> He's like, oh, screw oops. that, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> uh, he has an epic action. Give him an epic action until your next turn. Modify the damage value of all friendly characters by plus one when they attack a character with a greater point value. See, and it's there's so you, no restriction of. Number of friendly characters based on points or anything like that. It's just flat out. He chooses all friendlies under uh, when they are attacking a character of a higher point value. This is amazing with armies of generics. Like he would be a great leader piece, and he's got his out. He's got outwit, of course, invul, all that crap. You know, I might buy another CTD of Mage Knight just because I want more. Well, again, I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll talk about it at the <laughs> end. Of the- so he has two clicks of charge with a special close combat expert penetrating. Outwit for four clicks, Indom, in freaking invulnerable and toughness full dial, two clicks of flurry mid dial, then last three clicks, he gets freaking super strength and exploit weakness with ten and three damage. And see, and what I was talking about. It's like a truck. You could run him, you outwit some good defensive ability and all your mercenaries, or all your mage spawn even. He's running into battle and bringing all these mage with, all these little units with him. And they're swinging up a storm. <laughs> I just love how he swings, and if he yeah, somehow man. happens and misses, he's like, oh, deuces. They need to I'm call this the yo shit button. <laughs> um, Skyguard Captain is 100 points. Council of the Mists, which is the prob control special. Oh, bit. my God. Charge and Flurry. Charge Ooh. and Flurry. First Charge Flurry we, piece we've seen. And Blades oh, what calls. What can he use? <laughs> <laughs> charge Flurry Blades. When he does, the attack does not generate knockback. That's good for Flurry. That's amazing. It's a problem with Flurry sometimes. The attack does not generate knockback. On a result of 4 to 6, after actions resolve, deal the same amount of char- of damage to an opposing character adjacent to the target, but not to Skyguard Captain. So somebody so behind him. So he swings him. through either at one of the angles or straight ahead. And that's after actions resolve. So you could actually... Do it twice. I mean, if you since he has flurry at the same time. Too. Oh, that's ridiculous. He has the blades. All of his entire dial. He has the blades. His entire. He has charge flurry first three clicks. Then, then regular flurry. flurry. Blades he has roll, willpower. Blades rolls can be rerolled, right? Yeah. Yeah. Council. So his council. And then he rolls onto what hunter? And then he gets willpower and expert weakness <laughs> with the blades. Blades exploit, you say? So he's or pretty good. Blade. I like it. So far, the uncommons are just ridiculous. Dude, I told you, Council of Mists is awesome. Um, we haven't got to the best one yet. Orc Harrower is ninety points. He's Dominion Pact, which was the team ability. If they kill somebody within uh, four squares, yeah, they, they can heal. heal when somebody dies. Super strength traded. When he hits with a light object, uh, damage dealt is penetrating. Very good. Pretty uh, good for this. Set. I like, uh, I want to bring that, I like abilities that incentivize light objects over heavy sometimes. Like, there's a lot of stuff like that. And, you know, because a lot of times your light object doesn't even actually get used the entire game. This guy goes really good with that map you brought up earlier from the Mage Knight starter. Oh, 
Ooh, like this guy with his big ideas and his cleverness <laughs> and all that. Uh, he has an attack power of blades. When he does, and the result is uh, one to two damage dealt is penetrating. So charge blades, possible penetrating with that. Then you got the penetrating with the super strength. And invul, I mean, like he's going to be good at taking down the other opponents, uh, your opponents, other big pieces. They're a hundred point. Yeah, and he's really good for triggering that dominion pact, of course, because of all the damage output he's doing. Yep. So he's not bad either. I'll let oh, you guys talk Jesus. about... Oh, buddy. Go ahead and talk about your main man, Techno Shocker. You want to do the honors, Drewster? Yes. Okay. First <laughs> of all, he's got Sharpshooter. He's 85 points. Starts off with Leap Climb and Energy Explosion and Willpower. He ignores Hindering. On target. On targeting. With how much stealth there is in this set? Skeleton oh. Skullwalker, you son of a your dad. <laughs> he gets... When he pushes over, he gets... An attack ability. Give him a double power action, roll a d6, and replace his damage value with the result, and it is locked. When you do, give Techno Shocker a range combat action as a free action. Hey, Drew. So, that's his damage. Oh, power. my God. What's he have on his attack that combos really well? Energy explosion. No, no, no. What's he get mid dial? It's even better. Oh, shit. He gets, <laughs> he gets pin side with that. And an 18. Is that defend? 18 defend. So, basically, it's a double power action to blades at range. But he can use a ranged combat action, so he could use energy explosion. He could use pinsai. I mean, if you had other ways to give him other stuff, you could too. You could do that too. I like him. Um, he's a little. I guess he's not really for the he's set for eighty-five seven range. Yeah, if he was in regular silver age, I'd be like, oh, he's not bad. Yeah, he's not in, bad in this set. He's very good now because uh, you got hordes of swarms sticking together. Yes, and he's got the sharpshooter energy yes. explosion, two bolts, ten attack. And then uh, when you're giving him plus two attack or something from that one guy who does the whole remove a leadership token from him. Mm-hmm. I mean, like he's awesome. And the willpower, the willpower on second click. I um, yeah, he posts on every single figure. The will, the willpower on first click or the second click when he picks up the damage power means he's not going to take damage from the double power action. So you just kind of like boom, and you throw out a bunch of damage. What I would do with him is I'd set up a trap. Like I'd set all these guys up and make sure they're clear. Kind of use uh, the Council of Mists Uncommon guy, the leader guy, kind of bait them into coming in close. And then just wham, one turn, double power action, all four of them, and just tear into my enemy. Next guy has a really cool sculpt. Solanavi Domineer. Dominion Pact. This is our first big point piece, we, piece we've seen so far. He is actually, he is not, he's a generic. He, yeah, he is generic. Technically, almost all these guys are generics except for the rares. Actually, I think they technically there's, are. They're all generics except the no, rares. No, there's two. And Wolfhawk. Wolfhawk's a rare. There's um, the non-generic straw. Goldix, Air, and uh, Ariathea, and Tovac are all non-generics. Uh, the Domineer is 165 points. He does have Flight, which we don't think we've seen yet. He has Indom, which we haven't seen much. He has eight clicks worth of a dial, and he has Outwit and Prob, one of the, one or the other, the entire dial. Eight range with an attack ability of Mind Control when he does... The hit target either modifies either its attack or damage by plus one until the action is resolved. He can use mind control as a free action, and when he does, instead modify his attack value minus one. Oh no, minus one attack for a free mind control hunter. Whatever um, we that would put him at a ten attack. Oh no. Oh darn. Not when you're trying to hit sixteens and seventeens. So this guy's pretty good. Uh, so far, the end commons. We haven't seen a bad one yet. 
They're all average or way above average. Wolfhawk, I want to like more than I do. I feel but, like that's how I feel about but it. But she's she's at least cool, and I definitely want to try her. Um, she has an epic action. She can use Incap as a free action once for each 150 points of the build total, as if she had a range value of 8. Uh, it has a trait also that's kind of going to be... I wish she had animal keyword, man. At the beginning of your turn, choose one standard power or combat ability possessed by a character on the map with the animal, monster, or mystical keyword. So a lot of these guys have monster keyword like uh, you brought up earlier. Mystical, too. I've seen so many mysticals so far. Wolfhawk can use the chosen power or ability until your next turn. I like how that includes combat ability. So, I mean, you could pick flight if you really wanted to. So that's a nice free action that, you know, she she has blades. So if you could use it and steal um, flurry. flurry from Precision the... Precision Strike. Let's see what the... Because um, I know that the Moonborn guy has traded. So you could take his uh, reflexes for one, which is going to put her at a 19 Super Senses, which is pretty dang good. Hi, Iron Fist. How's it hanging? Um, she has a damage ability also that could get her perp. Uh, when, uh, she can use Perplex when she's not adjacent to a friendly character and uses perp. She can modify an opposing character's combat values negative two. So she's off by herself. She can perp you down negative two. Endom, Flurry, mix of Flurries and Blades in the dial. There's two clicks with both Flurry and Blades and the Perplex. The the ability to share, uh, get other abilities from other characters on your team for free each turn. You're getting to change it each turn. Uh, That's pretty cool. There's a certain uh, golden pterodactyl-looking dude that uh, has hypersonic. I think he might want to jack from. Ooh, let's see if he had... uh, I think he has Mystical. That was old Gold Dicks. He does have Mystical, I think. Oh, Gold Dick's got that mystical keyword. We'll give this whole hypersonic. We'll give her energy explosion and free end cap. We'll give her prop control. We'll give her energy shield. Give her whatever she needs. Yeah. Gold I mean, Dick's always gives his women what he needs. What they need. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> True facts. We, like we say on this podcast, it's all about the options. <laughs> and she's got lots of options. She's a piece that I feel like, as you said, I really want to love her. I just haven't found that if one If she was piece. 30 points cheaper... I would be in love with her. I just feel like there's one piece I haven't really thought about with her that's going to make her amazing, and i got to find it. Next is General Volcare, who also has an awesome sculpt. Yeah, and he's... Oh, man, that's probably my favorite sculpt from the set. He's like, also from the Ascendant team ability. 170 points. Uh, lots of p- precision strike on his dial. A 17 Invincible. We have not seen Invincible yet. On top, yeah, we on top dial. We uh, top dial. Or yeah, sorry, we saw it mid-dial, but we haven't hey. seen it uh, top dial on an expensive piece, so it's a good thing he has it. Uh, he has a damage ability of Leadership, Mind Control, Outwit. When he uses Mind Control, if the result of a successful attack roll is doubles, Deal the targeted character one penetrating damage after it becomes an opposing character again. I like that clarified wording. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good question because there would be two or three questions that would come up with that. He has a trait once per turn. When he KOs an opposing character, you may place a banner token in the square occupied by the KO'd character. When a banner token is placed, remove all other banner tokens from the map. So, Hey, hey uh, Boromir. At the beginning of your turn... Up to two friendly characters occupying or adjacent to a banner token may be healed of one damage. A banner token may be 
destroyed as if it were a square block terrain. So your opponent can try to destroy it to keep your guys from being healed. That's pretty cool, though, on a big, powerful piece It's like also this. great on a ranged piece, because your little guys can be in there duking it out, and then when they kill some, or when they, they whittle somebody down, you kill them, heal mm-hmm. them up. Then they go especially after, with, swarm after Especially the with guy. precision strike at six range. Well, I can just picture him throwing a banner and just, like, impaling some guy <laughs> to the chest. He has four damage on top dial as well. And he picks up steel energy down dial and outwits. Yeah, so he gets a couple clicks of blades, and then he gets a blades and exploit at one point. He gets precision strike and exploit. He doesn't have any movement attack, so but in this set, even though he's 175, uh, 170 points, he's definitely worth his points he in this set. He supports the playstyle of a lot of the pieces, which is what I like. like honestly, this is my build-around guy. If I'm going to play, Ma- when I get into playing Mage Knight a lot, I'm going to run this guy, and I'm going to find a team to build with him to take advantage of those abilities. What's his epic action? Uh, give him an epic action. Choose either the row or column of the map he occupies. Destroy up to one square of hindering or blocking for each 100 points of the game's build total in the chosen area. Deal every opposing character occupying hindering on the chosen area one damage. And it says or tokens representing that terrain. So you could just detonate everything in a line, like if someone's hiding from you. Yeah. The only one thing that sucks is it doesn't specify a chosen area and deal. Oh, it does. It's every opposing character. So yeah, I was gonna say you don't want to hit your own guys, but you wouldn't. So that, I mean, it's that is great. 170 points to be activating that as your action that turn instead of blasting, ship blasting them by four <laughs> damage. Yeah. So uh, I don't know, but there there may be a, a map deck that comes in really handy on. Yeah. So he's pretty cool, too. He's the first rare. The next rare is my main man. Combo's back. Mother freaking, this was the guy who made me want to play Ascendant in the first place. Wasn't this the first Mage Knight spoiler? Yep. Yes. He was spoiled with the Pillager. He, yeah, that's right. The little guy who steals objects. He has the Ascendant TA. He has a, he's 175 points in Dom, 8 clicks. And the reason he's a boss, well, there's several reasons he's a boss, but the main one is his trait. He can use charge. When an adjacent opposing character is KO'd and after act, act, and actions resolve, he can use charge as a free action. And when he does, he can use exploit. So all it takes is one of your little goblins popping somebody... And he just goes crazy and goes and smacks somebody with a penetrator. Yep, you run in the little orcs, they will him down. He charges in, finishes off somebody, charges over, hits your big guy for four damage. And see, what I like is he has Empower on his second and third clicks. Um, Ascendant just states if they have one action token, right? So what you're going to want to do with him, yeah, I was going to bring up. What you're going to want to do with him is, like I said, take a orc, or let your orc guy whittle somebody down. He re- he's cleared. You rush him in, smack somebody. Notice this says, and action resolve. So action resolve, you give him the token. Now he's a 12 in attack with 4 damage exploit, and you go after their big piece and hit and him. And if he gets knocked down, he hits empower, and so allies can start popping people yep. easier. Right when he's in the thick of the fight, and, and all guys CCE, are around. I mean, this guy's awesome. I love him. Uh, he has a quake when he does and hits a target character marked with one action token. Place a second action token on the target. He, I don't know about his epic action. I feel like I his epic. Well, go ahead and describe it first. Choose up to one opposing character marked with an action token for each two hundred points of the build total. Deal each of the chosen characters one damage. I, I just feel, feel like, like if you know somebody's on their last click and they don't have a dampener, and you can't you, get to him or something, yeah, or you could use it to trigger his trade if they're next to him. I mean, I guess it's good for, to have the option, but. 
he... I'm noticing a lot of these epic actions are really toned down from the Lord of the Rings ones. No, this isn't Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but I mean, the Lord of the Rings ones can get pretty crazy. There's only... This there, is actually, most uh, epic actions aren't that good The in Lord of the Rings. The problem is the three or four or five that are good are so good that, that they... You know what I mean? This is Saruman's good. from... Uh, yeah, but Saruman, Saruman's, I think, was actually a penetrator and avoidable damage, wasn't it? I think so, but anyways. Maybe, yeah. Um, I just feel like, though... For the unless you're playing a giant game, you're playing a thousand point game. Then Dylan the five, that's worth it. Yeah. But in a break, like say four hundred or so point game with his damage output he has already with the smacking people, then I wouldn't use it. I would almost prefer they would have given him something that buffed nearby units more, because then they could trigger his trading. Any guy, anyways, this guy's amazing, and I didn't pull him. So Drew, we gotta get a hold of that motherfucker. I got him. I gotta get him. You got an extra one? No. Oh, you're breaking my heart. Exarch Valian, 200 points. Oh gosh, he's good. <laughs> Phoenix Concord, though, Drew. He's good. And he's got an attack ability of Psychic Blast with an 8 range 1 bolt. When he's marked, when he is not marked with 2 action tokens, up to 2 friendly characters adjacent to him can use Poison. He also can use Empower, Enhancement, and Outwit. He has an 18 Imperv top die. Empower, die-. Enhancement, Outwit. That's awesome. That's an awesome combo right there. He has a trait of Mastermind. He can use Mind Control, but may only target characters marked with an action token. This guy has, like, every power yeah. at the same time. I don't know what to think about him. Um, I like the fact he's got Atlantean keyword, too. He, yeah, I, there's actually a decent amount the, of Atlantean. The Phoenix Concord or Atlantean, That's pretty sweet. Um... I don't know what to think about this guy. I think he he's definitely a cool take on a character. His dial has really cool powers, although even though he has all this, he has 5 damage, 12 attack, he has empower, enhancement, outwit, the psychic blast, the chance to get people poisoned, for, he's still 200 points. I feel like the problem I have with him is that if he falls off that top click, he's he feels like he loses his effectiveness. He does go down to 16 defense, but it's invincible. Yeah. But I mean, like... And then he drops into 14, 16, and then back up to 18 on the downslope. I mean, like, top click, he's pin sci, he can he can use poison for allies, he's empower enhancement outwit. I don't know, and he's a flyer. I'll tell you why he's good, and I'll tell you why he's bad. A... He's got 5 damage vanilla. He doesn't have to be perped up to it. He's just got 5 damage and 12 attack. He's ridiculous. And outwit on top of it. Yes. He's bad because he doesn't have movement attack. There's a lot of outwit in the set, and there's a lot of exploit in the set. At least the Phoenix Concord will help negate some of the outwit, though. Correct. Um, but I would not play him at, as on a Phoenix Concord team in place of someone else that we'll get to here in a second. I would like to... I feel like if I was going to run him, I'd run him with a lot of ranged minions... And sit back and pluck away at enemies. Um, that enhancement on top dial along with outwit with him. And him having that great pin side at 8 range. There may be a good little combo you could do with him and some, some of the cheap generic guys. Where you carry them in, empower them, and give them poison. And he has mastermind, so if the opponent the, comes after him, he can dish it off to them. I, I still don't think he's worth 200 points, though. He's not bad. Yeah. I mean, he's average at worst. He's worth for 200 points in Mage Knight because he's a 12 attack, exactly. 5 damage. And but. traded Mastermind. Lord Veritrix. Okay, this guy's worth his points. 
Talk Did about you... some sculpt sexiness. Oh man, that sculpt is gorgeous. Okay. 175 points, 9 range. I think that's the farthest we've seen so far. 9 range double bolt with energy explosion, 12 attack, 4 damage. He has imperv and shape change at the same time on his first two clicks. Cancel okay, his. remember the guy I said mentioned earlier that something about perplex and. Mm-hmm. This Just is go. the guy I was talking about. <laughs> um, now. Traded when he's marked with two action tokens, he may be given a move action as a free action. So and on the turn he clears, he can reposition and take some more shots the next turn. Yeah, he has no moving attacks. So that's really important, actually. He he. So he's all ranged based starting out. Then is he gets three clicks in the middle of flurry blades and a damage ability of outwit when he does roll a d6. On a result of five to six, he can use the countered power ability until the end of your next turn. Uh, I think he's great for 175 points. And here's the thing. Typically when you're outwitting, you're going after defense powers, and those are clicks where he has super senses or regen is when he picks that up. So, I mean, you could pick up Imperv off somebody for that. And, and, then, mean, and then Flurry Blades through their defense after yeah. you've outwitted Imperv. I mean, like, I really like this piece. And when we first cracked it and I took a look at it, I was like, damn, son. And then, of course, Council of Mists with... Uh, Council of Mists with regen wouldn't be... Well, Council of Mists with regen, you'd have to hit a 6 or a 1. Right. So never mind, that wouldn't be good with region. Go big or go home. Go <laughs> big or go home. Uh, I think he's the best Council of Mists piece well, we've seen you know so what? far. Actually, I take that back. Council of Mists would be good with that if you do go with the original roll. Because you could roll like a four or five, and then you can go you, yeah, you can go for a one or a six on the second re-roll. Okay, this next guy is worthy of his chase status, I'll tell you that much. Ball status. This is the only chase in the set. You get one chase per CTD. Which we'll go over when we do distribution. That is a yellow ass dial. Why don't you talk about this clear, sexy son of a bitch? Okay. It's, uh, Raiden Mars. There's actually a version of him in the uh, starter set, General Mars. So you can play him either way. I think he's dead in this. Yeah. Uh, this is the ghost form of him. Uh, he's got improved targeting, Norse friendly characters, which in this set I can't tell you Holy how crap. important that and is. And sharpshooter, so technically he ignores all characters on Yes, he ignores all characters. He's a ghost, damn it. He's a ghost, he don't need it. That's amazing. He's Mars the non-friendly ghost. That's right. His epic action is give him an epic action until your next turn. No die may be re-rolled and no attack can be evaded. Buff. Screw you, Council of the Mists. Hey! Dude, <laughs> I would run that in a Silver Age game. I mean, like, he's expensive to rely on for yeah, that. Yeah, he's very I mean. expensive in that, but I'd, you're right. Um, okay, his uh, trait, he can use in power, enhancement, outwit, perplex, and probability control. You want fries with that? <laughs> <laughs> At the end of your turn, roll a d6 for one of these powers that are result of one to two. Do not remove action tokens from him. So wait, basically, wait, what? Yes. At the end of your turn, yes. roll a d6 for each of these powers he used. Yes. And on a roll of one to two, do not remove action. Okay, so so he can't clear. Basically, if, okay. if you don't want to use those for a chance of not clear, roll a d six for each of these powers he used. Okay, for each, and yes. on a result of one so to two. Okay, so here's what happens. Okay, so it's uh, it's bad for him. Yeah, it's bad, but it's also good because he has endom. Yeah, but it's still not good. That just makes it less bad. I'm just saying. it's Because those are all free action things that he would yeah. use. Oh, yeah, that's true. So, I mean, they're it all does give him, Again, it gives him tons of options. I mean, enhanced in power, outwit. I mean, he has everything under the sun that you're going to want from a guy. 
that attack Including he ignores every goddamn okay. thing. The reason you're going to play him, though, is because of this. He can use Penetrating Psychic Blast. Each time Raiden Mars hits with a range... Each time he hits with a range combat attack and the roll is doubles. He may be given a ranged action as a free action, counting range and line of fire from a square occupied by the hit target. So is, uh... If you get really, 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 really lucky... This guy... And you just roll him out of the building. It's a good thing he has that stipulation on his traitor, else he, this guy would be bonkers. Yeah. Because he has Invincible on his top two clicks as well. Then he gets five clicks of Pulse Wave with ten attack and three damage locked all the way across that. Plus, you got to think that the whole Empower Enhancement Outwit Perplex Proper Control, that's traded. And that's the traded. thing is, at least Empower Enhancement, like they're there, but they're not going to cause that negative unless you use them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, that's that's huge. So basically, this is kind of like Void, where every time she uses one of her powers, she has to roll, except this guy takes just damage on a but one you're gonna, to two. You're gonna well, he attack. doesn't take damage, he just doesn't clear. The thing is, right. you're going to attack. You're going to attack first. It's worth using all those, though, just it's to not clear. It's at the end of your turn. I know, I mean, you can so do So you're going to attack. You can go all in. And go do all these five things. Yeah. And then at the end of the turn, I can't clear, but I couldn't clear anyway, yeah, so who gives a shit? Yeah, that's true. It's so, just you got to make sure if you're if it's time to clear if he has two tokens then you're just... not gonna do it whenever he has two tokens. Right. I would take the risk of using the pin side and maybe probbing, um, hoping to hit doubles potentially. Yeah, if you need it bad enough. Yeah, if you needed it bad enough, like because what is it? It's he may be given a, another ranged combat action, so you could double pin side with that. Exactly. You pin side one person for four, then bounce to someone else for four. And if you hit doubles again, you pin side back to the guy you just oh, hit. Oh, I'm for sorry. Four. Or if you choose to use perplex for it, you could do five, or you could have a thirteen attack. Or if you have someone else with enhancement, you could do six. Who knows? I mean, like, I like him. He's a, he's a gambler's piece. That's how I feel. I, I, I still think he's worth his points. Oh, even. he's definitely worth his he's points. He's bonkers! <laughs> but I'm saying, like, he's one of those pieces that luck's a huge factor, but if played right and you get the right rolls with him, holy shit. He's worth his chase status. Oh, he's he's definitely what I like out of a chase piece. He's a good power piece, he's a fun piece. And he's got the best fight. <laughs> so what do you guys think? Best piece in the set? Or? I don't no, say best in the set. But he's definitely top two. <laughs> I don't know who the best is. Alright, that's all the main set. I want to show these boys my main man. You guys, again, go to our new YouTube channel, which I will link on the podcast. On our Podbean site now, if you go to, if you look to the right uh, on the Podbean page, there's links. I have a link to our Twitter now, our Facebook, our YouTube channel, everything. So from now on, you guys can find links to those if you want to subscribe or like us or whatever. But anyways, I have the YouTube link on there. Go check out my video at very in-depth review. I break down each dial in the starter set. But I just want to get these boys' initial reaction on my man Harrowblade, who's the starter piece for the Ascendant team ability. Now look at this manly-ass uh, dial. right off the dial. Super strength. Oh, With God. the team ability giving you plus one attack for 125 <laughs> points. Uh, so, seven damage, or six damage right there. Immediately after Harrowblade KOs an opposing character, he may use sidestep and make a close combat attack as a free action. Swing in, six exploit, sidestep, grab another object, smack for six. For 125 points. Huh? I'm playing them as in this. You prepare your anuses it's right now. Epic action. Prepare them. His epic action is good, but I don't think I would use it. 
Uh, give him one, choose up to one character. <laughs> can pick it. Per 200 points of the game's build total, chosen characters can use super strength until then. Your next turn, it can pick up objects. Dude, that's awesome. I could already think of a few exploit pieces we passed that that would be fun with. Because, like, your opponent's running this bastard. All you do is you have your zombies that have freaking exploit shamble over and grab an object and smack an opponent with it. I think this guy's the best piece if you consider starter set. Oh, yeah, for 125 it. points, that guy's really He's ridiculous. You're going to see him on my team. I get. And now he's going to get chain lightning down, and you're like, how did Drew <laughs> hit five doubles in a row? And I'll be like, one thing, does the General Mars have a way to turn into the chased Mars? No. no. The That's General Mars sad. is nowhere near as good as the Raiden Mars. But anyways, we're, I, we digress. So, best pieces in the set. We like the Skeleton Skullwalker, the Windsman, the Altum Sentinel, Gaslight Swords Brother for our commons. The uncommons were just so many uncommon, just, really good. We liked them all, but... Norawas, Erythria, especially Gold Dicks. I love Gold Dicks. Tovac, and yeah, especially yeah. Techno Shocker. Techno Shocker. Those were good uncommons. On rare slot, our top twos, we got Con Bone Spike, and we got Lord Veratrix. And, and then Raiden on main Mars. man, the chase. You know, I think he is... Who do you guys think is better than Raiden? I don't. Um, I am personally... I like Tovac a lot. Um, I like the banner guy, too, a lot. Yeah, yeah we did the, I did like the banner guy a we lot, We didn't too. put him on there. I didn't? No, apparently no. you didn't. I really, I think oh, the banner guy I might be my favorite piece. I apologize. I meant to put like, him on in, there. In combination of TA, um, He's just his so stats, and his sculpt like alone like in flavor, it's just a great piece. Like It's my favorite piece in the set. Oh, it was Balian, wasn't it? No. Dang it. The general. General Volcare. General Volcare. He's my favorite piece in the set. Yeah, he is pretty cool, he's, too. He's not, like, amazing out of the box, but he's a piece of Have I you looked at Raiden Mars' sculpt yet? Uh, yeah, it's No, have you looked at it in, like, like how detailed it is? Yeah, Hunter has him. So, lots of good dials. I'd say, in a summary, this set has excellent dials. Or There's a lot of figures in this that are good in in the set as far as the these figures i throw in lord of the rings figures when i look at these guys a lot i think if you compare them to those type of figures there's a lot of good dials here there's some that hold up very well in silver age um a lot of the rares in the chase would hold up excellent in silver age i think we're definitely Mm going to test them out and see how well they hold up their value you've got lots of uh cheap little common guys who are pretty good and the cool thing is all the the rares the high points guys really accent their they either either they help their little minions or their minions help them. I want to say whatever designers way. they have working on Mage Knight I really like. Um, they're good at shoving flavor in. These are kind of like old school style pieces to a point with the lack of move and attack a lot of times. Um, I just feel like this is the kind of set I really love because it's the kind of set I feel like if all of us sat down and just played Mage Knight we'd have an absolute ball. It's like the Halo set. Halo's a blast with other Halo figures. It's not so much a blast against other non-Halo figures. Street Fighter as well. Street Fighter as well. Um, this is a set I want to play a lot of with you guys particularly. So, good figures in the set. It's not like every figure sucks. Let's talk about allocation. Okay. Which, I, I I don't know, sculpting might be my favorite part about the set, but allocation actually... It's really good. Okay, here's why allocation... It, this is the best allocated set you could possibly hope for and if more sets were like that i'm net like i just said i'm considering buying another ctd of this even though i have almost every piece in the whole set now every single common is a generic correct i want that you get one chase guaranteed in your in your ctd no you don't get a guarantee 
You don't? No, it's one chase per case. Oh, I thought it was one chase per CD. No. Okay, so you I got... I verified this from So I got lucky? You got lucky. Oh, okay, my bad. I apologize. He's up all night to get lucky. <laughs> I got lucky, but one chase per case, but there's only one chase in the whole set. It's not like... It also and it's not value. A, it's not a must-have. Yeah, that's true. Actually, in Mage Knight terms... In our opinion, it's must-have. He's pretty must-have. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, the main thing is that every common is a generic piece, and pretty much every uncommon is a generic piece. The good thing well. about this is you're not going to be sad when you open it up. Yeah. I, I yeah, it's like, couple, oh, shucks, I got another one of this generic that I actually need to build my army with. It's like oh, I, bought a, I bought a couple of Mage Knight figures like on a whim the other day, and I really was, I was fine with what I pulled. Like, they were cool little figures, the sculpts were great, and it's like, okay, I pulled dupes of one of these. I don't really care, I'm going to run two of them. The only problem I had with Mage Knight... And it's not really a problem, I should say. They packaged a second dial with each Mage Knight figure. Um, the second dial is for playing it on Mage Knight rules, which are a special set of rules. I don't know. A lot of people were saying the starter kit didn't have Mage Knight rules. Did you find them when you were looking through your starter kit? No, there? but it did have their Mage Knight dials. Okay. So uh, you have to go online to find the Mage Knight rules. Yeah. Which sucks. That, that does suck because, like, honestly, I thought about buying the starter kit just for the Mage Knight rules. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I'll look back through there, but I don't think there were Mage Knight rules in okay. there. Um, but overall, I mean, even with playing with the PAC rules, like, this is spot on. Yeah, I think allocation's awesome, but the main thing is the is the sculpting. I Like oh, Austin God. said, we don't know if they turned it up because, uh, because of the... Uh, because it's four Mage Knights, so the, you know, they want to yeah. make it really high quality. If they or brought what? in different designers and sculptors for it. But they have that old style sculpt where like things are a little bit, um, I want to say pronounced and a little exaggerated, but it's not weird. Like it's kind of like comic book style where like characters have huge gauntlets and giant shoulder pads. Like I love that style. Like they did a great job with a lot of these figures. And then the the transparent pieces are gorgeous. I mean, there were a ton of pieces where I pulled it out and Drew was playing a game. And I just had to show him. I could. You interrupted that. I was like, Drew, look at the detail in this goddamn werewolf. And I was like, I want to open my case now. <laughs> look Gen- at the sword and the flag that the general General Volcair is probably my favorite sculpt. Like, yeah, as I was opening it, I was like, this sculpt's so badass, it can't get any better than this. This and has then, to be the chase. And then three, I remember that. three packs later, I'd open one and be like, this thing looks, look at this freaking badass dragon. And like, yeah. Then two two packs later, I'd find something that looks even cooler than that. I think overall, like my, even the generics look good. Go look at the skeleton; he looks amazing. The amount of detail on on these guys is really good for the the amount of detail on these tiny of pieces. Look at him! Look at him! That's he's, a better sculpt than any main Marvel DC. These little piece. Chinese kids are getting great at painting stuff. I know their little fingers just add get so much detail into the oh little bitty gosh, tiny. That's little what finger. we're paying five bucks a booster for. <laughs> They must have made a raise or something. The thing is, like when a set's when a set's finalized and done, and I'm looking over it, and I bought a bunch of it, or I plan on buying a bunch of it, I want to be able to sit down and say, if they remade this set and expanded upon it, would I buy more? And I think overall, my verdict on Mage Knight is hell yeah. This is a series of this is a series of sets I would have no problem buying more of well, from this set, but also future Mage Knight. You bought sets. like two boosters, Hunter. You guys bought the CTDs. Let's hear your verdict. Would we buy more Mage Knight if they released? I it? just said mid conversation. Mid. No, I mean like no. I mean if they release more. Absolutely. I, and I, we're going to look into. I, I'm going to start playing the regular, not all the time, but we're going to start having 
uh, weekly on Mondays, Game Preserve is going to have board game night. I'm trying to push, you know, I'm going to try to push Mage Night and get people to to try Mage Night, and we can learn I it together. We and uh, we already have the figures. I mean, we we don't have to go out and buy a bunch of Mage Night figures. We got it now. Yeah, I got I a mean, lot of Mage Night. They figures. give you all the and that extra little price. For them. Yeah, it, it's a it's, it's what, not enough. Three fifty, I think. If it's three fifty dugout. Some places are charging five. I think. Um, it varies, but okay. you can get them pretty cheap on you cool can, stuff. Yeah, you can get them pretty cheap and stuff. Oh, these guys are super cheap already on cool stuff. I don't know uh, if they come individually. With their, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if they come with their Mage Knight dolls like that though. I don't. It doesn't. I don't think they'd hoard them. Like it seems like the kind of thing like they wouldn't want to keep boxes of the Mage Knight dolls. They probably give them out. With so them. I don't know, but but overall, like I want to learn. This makes me want to learn Mage Knight. I love the universe already. Like I don't even know shit about it. But like these characters are cool. The factions are awesome. I want to know what's next. Like, you got crazy steampunk wizards and giant freaking Tesla three-legged walkers that are shooting explosions. You got magic dragons. <laughs> Reading a damn book. He's got a book. With apparently a gold dick. Okay, so price. Let's say the average price is four bucks. So for I'm, a CTD te- set, you're only paying like pretty much a dollar extra MSRP. For the dial that co- corresponds to Mage Knight. For a whole second game. That's kind of a personal preference thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I gotta say, even if you don't ever... Pl- even if you barely ever play Mage Knight, it's still... I mean, a dollar more is a pretty good deal yeah. of getting the figure to be able to play in a, d- a totally different game. So, value's retained in that, and as far as price, in my opinion. What do we think overall, you know... Considering sculpting, how good the dials were, and how good the pricing is. Personally, I think this is one of my favorite sets mm-hmm. ever. I'm going to second that one. And you? I think that this is, if, like you said, if they want to, if every set had this kind of sculpting. And qual- if like quality every set, overall. Yeah, if every set had this kind of sculpting and most of the commons and uncommons were generics. Oh, yeah. Imagine how many more boosters you'd buy if most pieces in the set were generics. I kind of. I mean, you can't old, do that because I miss so the old days characters. when there were like three different versions of like Shield Commando or something like that. Like, I just feel like this is a good, the perfect example of how they should do these CTD, these side sets like Lord of the Rings yeah. and stuff like that. This is the packaging ratios and the sculpting that they need to be employed. Well, I've talked about but, that before. My issue with CTDs is I hate how many dupes you get to get the stuff you need. And there's so many characters in CTD sets usually that you don't want dupes of. Like, because usually they're main big figures. Like, gravity feeds are terrible about it for main sets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why I'm happy when they started shifting to the two generic, at least, out of the eight figures. I kind of wish they'd up that ratio and start doing, like, three or four generics per set. Yeah, three would be a good good number to The do. rares in this set are worth some money, too. Especially the good ones. Just overall, I would recommend this set to anybody who's wanting to check it out. Like, if you think you might be interested, pick up a few of them. Check them out. See how you feel about them. If you see these sculpts, you're going to buy more. Oh, that's, that's exactly what locked me in. Yeah. Moving on to community. Do we have to? I want to splurge about Mage Knight more. Weekly question <laughs> this week was, best single starting piece out of either starter, which do you think is the, the single best piece for the points? Scarlet Witch. Um, what are you thinking, Austin? He's thinking intently over there. This is a hard one. It's either Scarlet Witch or Cyclops. I think 
I'm actually probably going to go with Drew on Cyclops there. Um, I think Cyclops has a lot of good versatility. Um, he's a really good leader piece on top of it. Um, overall, he's that piece that I think I would play almost every chance I get when building an X-Men team. Like, he's he's got a lot of capabilities out of him. Um, the cap, the cap's pretty good. That's the other one I was thinking about. But you I don't see, know. You've just seen that imperv on Cap, aren't you? And you're like... I can't make up my mind also between Scarlet Witch and Cyclops. I will give them credit. They gave Scarlet Witch this, the silver ring this time. Well, see, the only thing about it is, are we talking playing AVX, or are we talking in general? In general, no. Just okay. the figure, in general, single figure. In single figure that will actually have an impact on other teams, Scarlet Witch. I agree. If we're That's talking why with, I chose her. If we're within AVX, talking about what we're going to play at AVX events and stuff, Cyclops has my vote. That's a good That's a good. Good little statement there, Austin Smith. I had some... I'm very contributing to the conversation. Yes, left. sir. For once, on for once, it only took him both. 20 episodes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can you guys so believe we're 20 episodes? Dear God, no, we're not. Like when we first started the first week, I think I was like counting every listen we had, and we got a hundred. And, and I was like, like I was like, guess what, boys? We got a hundred listens, and now, now it's like day one. I upload like 700 listens. I'm like, holy! And that's just on Podbean. And it's it's great. I mean, like honestly, I feel like had if we didn't get the reception we got, I don't think we probably would have stayed in past like I don't know. It's fun, but like, what episode do you think we would made it to if we were only getting like fifty listeners a week? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's we we kind of do we kind of sit and talk about this stuff anyway. Yeah, it's true. So it's not really like it's, it's just like yeah, and it only takes like two hours out of our day, and it's fun, but. Anyways, Thank sorry, you, I didn't mean to to stop halfway. But, we love you guys. Yeah, I, I, we got two votes for Scarlet Witch and one vote for Cyclops, which is just as good. Um, most people said Cyclops or said Scarlet Witch. Sorry, uh, Cyclops was the next number one answer, and uh, a couple people said Thor, and I actually really liked that. Yeah, that Thor, Thor was really good. Yeah. Me and Harry were talking about him the other day. That freaking energy explosion. Penetrating energy explosion is gonna be nuts, and I think you know it looks like I'm gonna be playing Avengers at dugout because we have a lot of surprisingly a lot more X. Oh yeah, those X Men kits. We walked up there, so and they were like, "I looks like I'm gonna be running this Thor a few times." Here, Drew, you ready? Because you're X Men. I don't want to play. You're going down. You see this hammer he's swinging around? I want to play just that Thor. Give you two guesses where it's going. Nice. A good guess. That was a good guess, but it's wrong. It's actually going in your face. Dial design. Week number three. Oh man, this was a pretty. This was a really good. We week. got a heated, very heated uh, contest going on this month. Oh my god! Scores are just razor close. God, it was so hard for me to pick my ten. Like there were like three or four of them I was debating over. We don't absolutely have your final scores in yet. I'm still calculating. Uh, Cranking numbers in my head. I got my abacus. It's on hold right now. But, um... Ab- Who the hell uses an abacus? I'm old school, man. I'm got a calculator right there, buddy. Fuck your TI-83. Abacus all day. Um, did you just take that... Oh, is that yours? Yeah, it's mine. Okay, I was going to say, don't open mine yet. i got to do a video on that. No, I just took my Thor to fly it around Drew's head. I'm damaged. Um, anyways. <laughs> we're talking about dial design. This week's assignment was from Drew. What was it again, Drew? Uh, I think it was a DC villain. Drew wants any classic DC villain. Uh, we got pretty much every big... We got every villain known Every heavy hitter DC villain. We didn't get any duplicates of any dials. That was good. We got some really cool uh, 
random idea, like some characters I didn't. Kite Man. I never would have expected a Kite Man. Um, this, uh, so I need to turn in the Corinthian. By the way, um, same man, which I just started reading. What's up? It's it's good. You'll yeah, th- this is, this dial is actually really representative of the character. Yeah, too. I, that was one of them I struggled with. Very like, representative of the character. My favorite overall, though, had to be that Ares. Like that Ares had some pretty cool powers. It fit Ares to me. I agree. I actually, the Ares was the number one scoring piece this week. I also liked the Mister Mizzleplex and yep. what was the other one I really liked? Uh, the Red Hood. Yes, the Red Ricky, Hood. Was Ricky's really uh, Ricky's submission was really good this week too. Actually, there were several, oh, man, several was, good submissions. I, I felt bad because like when I'm judging and I'm listing them all out, I was looking at my judging scores. So I was like, I'm giving out way too many nines and tens. Like I had to scale it back and really stop and think. And it was so hard. Like it took me a couple hours to sit and go through these. Like, good job, guys. So we're gonna go over Aries Dial, which was submitted from Cassius three three five. He has the team ability of Mystics and Quintessence, 6 range, and 2 point options, 260 or 155. At 260, he starts with 4 clicks of a special movement power. Mind control with 3 targets, but each free action given this way must involve an attack. After actions, resolve, hit targets, have battle fury until the start of your next turn. I love this. That's so flavorful <laughs> and such a good representation of Ares himself. Uh, he has four clicks of a 19 invincible, unoutwittable, mind you, because it's quintessence uh, on the top four clicks as well. He also gets a damage power of perplex, but he can't target himself. And when he does use Perplex, if the target is named Wonder Woman or Wonder Girl or possesses the Amazon keyword, he can modify the value plus two or minus two. Another thing that adds a lot of flavor to the dial. Yeah, I like the fact that that allows you to play a Wonder Woman on your team with him or against him, like depending on what kind of like story theme you're running with. You've got the so for 260, you've got the four clicks of the special mind control and the Perplex with 19 invincible, and then. Or you got the 155 point option where he starts with charge exploit and a special attack power god of war. He can use blades when he does. The minimum result of the damage roll is equal to the difference between his attack result and the hit target's defense value. Which if you're so if you're an 11 swinging on a 17, and you roll let's say a 10, you get four. And then it's going to go up from there. So five, six, even. I mean, if you're swinging, I, at, I like it. I mean, if I you're swinging at a little piece, it's such overkill because it's like <laughs> look at that little fourteen defense. I just hit you for. But 10 at the same damage. time, it's almost flavorful for Aries just to be like, screw you. <laughs> um, his defense power is invulnerable when he does. If the attacker has a point value of two hundred or less, he ignores he ignores two damage instead. So I, I feel like nice. he's really powerful. And it's to a point, but like I feel like when I looked at this piece and those special powers, I was like, I could see some of these powers making its way to a real areas in the game. This dial was very close to me docking it for being too good. Yeah, it was for me too. Uh, yeah, I tell you what, if the quintessence wasn't on there, I think it'd be perfect as far as point, you know what I mean? Like, really good, but still in check for its points. But the fact that he gets full dial out, can't be outwitted and it has end on just makes it almost. <laughs> Did you good. notice his trait? 
Oh, I, yeah, sorry, I forgot to mention the trait. When Ares is adjacent to a friendly character, also named Ares, but with a different universe symbol, they both modify attack and defense plus one if not already modified by this effect, and it's called I Like Your Style. It was kind of silly, but it was kind of cool, too, because yeah. like I picture that team was exactly what I was thinking of when I was looking at these abilities. <laughs> so, great great submission there, Cassius. Um, great again. Tons Overall, of good there were so many good ones. Um, the the Mister is it Mitzel picks or whatever. Mitzelplex. Mitzelplex was really cool. Um, I'm probably saying it wrong myself. Probably Mitzelplex. the red. Once again, the red hood was really. There were just so many good ones. Kite Man was awesome. Yeah. So, <laughs> like I said, scores are kind of in progress right now. I got most of them tallied up. I'll try to submit them. I'll definitely submit them tomorrow and let you know who the winner is. Contact you and we'll get you your. Uh, action tokens uh we haven't talked about best build for a while but that's just because we did it early this year or this year this month uh so i think let's see next week yeah next week i will give you your assignment for december's best build and you'll have like two weeks to submit it so you have plenty of time for that is it going to be a christmas build no well we're going to be doing it on like the eight. Uh, like the 14th or 15th. So I didn't know if I wanted to do Christmas or not. Do we you want to do, do Christmas? We need to do a Christmas event where you bring up to three relics and your opponent gets to use them. Just because of the whole... People just give kryptonite, though. Yeah, but then you won't even use them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's pointless because you'd be like, well, I don't want to use the damn freaking... <laughs> True. I don't want to. I don't want to choose three millionaires. If we do that, you have to do the game of bomb and give it to the opponent. That's what I was planning on doing. It's freaking payback. I was gonna run three of them and give them to the opponent. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it also screws the rules because it's very complicated to try to fit three relics on the same team yeah, legally. Uh, yeah, we might do something Christmas. We'll figure it out. I have an idea in my head, just a simple, safe thing to do. But we'll we can chat and we can figure some out if we want to do Christmas. Anyways. So that'll be coming up next week. Um, there is a Clicks for the Cause tournament coming up that I wanted to promote. Uh, one of our listeners was asking us if we could promote it, and I said, sure, we could. Uh, while I'm looking that up, again, I want to bring up my YouTube channel. Uh, that Your I, YouTube? Oh, okay. Our it's YouTube not, yeah, channel. Whatever, I guess it's Dial it's, H for it, Hunter. Jesus, guys. I'm trying to talk and look stuff up at the same time. Forgive me. Oh, gosh, you can't multitask. Uh, I want to bring up our YouTube channel. Um, I have the Mage Knight Starter View on there. Just go on, hit subscribe. As I say in the first video, I don't think you're going to be getting uh, a new video every day. We don't have time to do that and the podcast. But I am going to try maybe at least once a week have a new content uh, have some new content on there. I think we should start a competing YouTube channel where we do do daily videos. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you do our daily videos, you sons of bitches? I can do it. You have to give me that password. Um, but, yeah, look forward to more starter reviews, um, unboxings. As I said, when we get questions about powers, I'll set up we'll set up maps and we'll specifically describe how they work like certain questions about special powers like maybe some kind of special energy explosion yeah i'd like to do a series of a power compatibility so like energy Mm. explosion precision strike and show like good examples of what it's used we could um glass cabinet has all that stuff really down really well though he has yeah so does 
there's a couple. There's already some good. There's videos. a good article series on individual powers on HC Realms too. But subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'm gonna get every episode on there as well in case you guys need to listen. So I know there's a couple people. In fact, one personally at our venue that listens to everything off of YouTube and not on iTunes or anything. So once I get every episode up on there, you'll have that option weekly as well to listen to us on YouTube instead. Uh, back to the clicks for the cause. There is a Clicks for the Cause tournament. It is in Texas. Email comes to us from Eduardo Larez. And it's Clicks for the Cause Southern Edition. Uh, it's on November 23rd, which what? Oh, shit. That was this week. Dang it. I was thinking we were going to be promoting it sooner. Well, that was a big goof on my part. Drew's wearing my Mandarin ring center. I'm afraid I've given him too much power. What have you done? <laughs> He's only got five of them, at least. Well, Eduardo, I'm sorry. I tried to give you a shout-out and get Way the, to go, Hunter. on the podcast and get it out on time, but it's right over. So, instead, we'll say congratulations. <laughs> yeah, that was a great event, guys. Sir Unknown Winner of Clicks for the Cause. <laughs> so, Man, his team must have been really good. So, I tell you guys what. If you guys have upcoming pot, uh, uh, upcoming tournaments that you want us to talk about on the podcast try to give us a month <laughs> send them to me at least a week not two no he sent this to me three days ago send it to me at least at least a couple weeks in advance unless you just want me to congratulate your unknown winners in, in which case fine just send them yeah to me. way to go unknown winners we'll guys first place yeah. second place great job guys you know i felt the team that the guy who got first place was running was a little cheesy but I think he deserved the win. But you know what? Goals. He played played a hell of a match. <laughs> That's right, I did. <laughs> Made some bold moves. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll have him on next week for an interview. All for charity. Anyways. Cheese for charity. <laughs> Cheese for charity. So <laughs> speaking of YouTube channel, uh, real quick, I have the Mage Knight starter. You're going to get a, a Avengers and X-Men starter reviews and a Desolation Smock starter review. But anyways. Ooh, I want to see the Desolation I want to watch that one. As, you better watch them all. Support me. Yeah. Support, uh, support us. Support you. Support us. Here we oh, go yeah, again. Yeah, I'm right. just saying, I put in the hard work. You guys can't even watch or listen for two seconds. That's oh. right. I can't watch or listen. I got a gerb. I, I work more hours than you, son. I doubt you do. I work 60 hours. I, have I work 61. Rings. You're so full of shit. <laughs> you don't work no 61 I don't hours. even care what any of you have to say. I have five Mandarin rings. He doesn't do anything. <laughs> I have a job. He sits on his ass at work all day long. And then plays Pokemon. Plays Pokemon and plays on the computer all day. And you wonder why I can't play Pokemon because I'm not sitting in an office. Hey, Hunter does it too. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, but I, I do work while I'm doing it. Yeah. I do too. He does work while he's playing Pokemon. Anyways. <laughs> What, fancy while I was working on the YouTube channel, first of all, can I can we all agree? Give up on Google Plus. It's it's such God, a I was Jesus. so I was so mad when they jacked my YouTube account that I have for uh, my Minecraft mod and stuff because it posted like I'm not one to care about privacy stuff usually, but it straight up posted all of my personal information from my Google Plus, made it all accessible and all this stuff, and it pissed me off to no end. I have heard people bitch and moan about Google Plus before, but I've never personally had to deal with it this much until now, till I was working on our YouTube channel and modifying things since the all the Google Plus updates on YouTube. Just give it up. It's not going to happen. Google Plus is not going to happen. 
It doesn't work. It's not it's user a niche friendly. Thing and it works for certain things, but that's it. Like you can't force. This you can't on force thing. it on every YouTube person, which is every person who's been born in the last ten years and will be born in the next fifty years. You can't make every channel have to do all these stupid things. I can't even get our damn name on the YouTube channel to just read Dial H4 HeroClix properly. I have to make it look like a first and last name or send in a freaking request to get a special case, in which case they will not approve it yeah, because it's a quote-unquote business, which it's not. It's it's such a fucking pain in the ass. Anyways, so I did with Google+, Plus, get all that, get the YouTube channel up, running, we're good. But when I was trying to get the video edited and everything, I recorded on my iPhone because uh, I can't find the damn charger to this very nice video <laughs> camera that I bought last year to do videos with. So until then, I'm using my phone, which I apologize, it's not the best quality. I mean, it's not horrible, but it's yeah, not it the best from quality. Your, I didn't know it was from your... Was yeah. In fact, there's a, I have the phone sitting on a couple of things to be eye level, and I'm just doing it all myself, right? And uh, there's one thing where, at the beginning, I hold up the starter pack to and show it to the camera, and if you watch the video, you can see the reflection of the phone, like, sitting up on some boxes, <laughs> like, in the starter set. It's so funny. Anyways... I'm editing this bad boy on iMovie, which I have never program I've never used in my life, and I will never use again. It's the biggest piece of shit I've ever <laughs> used. Can we can we agree? Apple stuff is so goddamn unuser friendly. You already know my opinion on Apple, honestly. So I'm not go honestly, on. the phone stuff is actually kind of user not user friendly. Also, it's just everybody's so used to it at this point. Yeah. It's not a problem. But go to iMovie. Open the motherfucker up and try to edit a movie. There's no on a computer. If I if I hold my mouse over something, would that take one second and it pops up and tells me what it is? Shit don't work like that on an Apple. It doesn't tell you anything. It doesn't. I go to the tutorial. It says click this link. I click the link. It's a dead link. There's no help. <laughs> it's fully it's fully dead updated. Link tutorials are beautiful. Oh god. It's fully updated. I go to check for updates. It's like you're you're ready to go. Yeah. I go, I try to figure it out while I'm doing it. I work for all this time, and it just keeps fucking up. And I was like, dude, screw this. I'm going to redo it all on Windows Movie Maker, which can't do crap. But guess what? It's quick and user-friendly. <laughs> exactly. I got it done in like 10 minutes. And it, I spent two hours on iMovie trying to get it to work. <laughs> so fuck Apple. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I'll stick with my That's iPhone. That's the most beautiful thing uh, I've ever heard you yeah, say. That's the most Apple thing I'm ever going to deal with. When I logged up, oh gosh, there's, it's too bad there isn't a game section on, because I, when I w- got on Facebook last night and I saw this huge debate from Hunter and Austin's brothers about PC gaming against consoles, I was just like, uh, you have got to be shitty. You know what I was thinking about our our whole talk that I was about that exact same that thing? Debate. And I was thinking... It's funny because your girlfriend would be like, you never talk to me about anything. You never open up. And you never say two words to me. Like, all kinds of yeah. girls say that stuff about guys all the time. Yeah. And we sit and have a, like, 20-page <laughs> discussion on, on de- consoles versus Detailed consoles. paragraphs <laughs> on, like, you know, breakdowns of how things work and our opinions. And we can just talk for days and days, but we will I, not talk about I just about- made a quote for the Big Lebowski <laughs> and just drew it at that. Because at that. I needed, like, context and, like... A- Direction. Basically, 
Aaron is very PC master racy, and I am too. But I can understand consoles for certain things. And they were bringing up, but the problem is, most vocal console people are freaking fanboys who don't know jack shit about the performance of a console. They don't know anything that they're arguing about. Yeah. So it makes them look stupid. But then the problem is, most PC people who are vocal are master race asshole, pretentious Hunter, assholes. Vocal everybody are pretentious assholes. So you've got the opposite ends of the spectrum, and the problem is, one of them makes the other one look more like what they're. <laughs> looking like you know what i mean yeah. like there's so many idiots that it makes the pc guys look so pretentious and there's so many pretentious <laughs> that it makes these guys look like idiots praise be to gaming it's just a never-ending freaking circle dude. it's pretty hilarious anyways i laughed at the whole all, all my point was trying to say was when you take the pros and cons of both because there are several cons to pc gaming that those two your brothers don't see what i'm saying when you take the pros and cons of each they're they're equal. You can't say that PC gaming is overall superior to okay. console gaming, and you can't say the console what, gaming. Is what they fail to realize is probably that both are just gaming platforms. And they are. End of the day, I was just my point wasn't that one's better than the other. My point was that neither is better than the other, and they're yeah. trying to convince me that PCs are better. And I was, anyways, why, okay, who, why are we talking about? Yeah. I don't know. I just wanted to bring it up because I didn't get to talk to you. It was hilarious. It was pretty funny. It's just funny because I was talking to someone like, do you ever argue with your brother or anything? I was like, yeah, but it's usually about stupid game stuff. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, they're like that's stupid. And I'm like, no, it's better I mean, that we're arguing about stupid crap than we're arguing about... We weren't really crap. arguing, arguing. We were just talking. But anyways, I just thought it was funny. Talking was, angrily at each other. I was like, if Ashley sees this post, she'd be like, you motherfucker. You won't even tell me how your day went. You had a two-hour discussion with your cousins on <laughs> Breaking Down. Anyways... Uh, so that's our game section for today, guys. Aww. That last five minutes. Uh, comic section, though. We're finally going to talk about what we were supposed to talk about last we're getting. Uh, we're going to get a little warmed up for this Iron Man in a uh, set that came out this week. And next week we're going to do our sealed review, let you know what are the best pieces for you to play. Now we're going to talk about comics. Today we're going to talk about Marvel Now Iron Man. But first, we want to start off on a very positive note. And talk about Invincible Iron Man. And before before we get into this, I do want to bring up one thing, and I've noticed it a lot, and it's shown up in a lot of discussions. If you if all you know about Tony Stark is what you ran into in Civil War or the horrible Civil War front line, throw that out the window before nope, you go not into it. Because Civil War like crucified Tony and made him out to be like this super villain he and made Cap it. out to be Jesus. Cap is Jesus. <laughs> Whereas Invincible Iron Man, I think, really did a great job of making Tony human. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, and you know what? I hear that. Well, me I hear- personally, I liked Iron Man's side. I mean, Iron Man makes good points. I know that they tried to purposely make him out to be the villain. Yeah. But I don't. I didn't dislike him as much as yeah. most people did. Personally, did you read the frontline stuff? Yeah, I have every single yeah. Civil War tie-in. Because the frontline stuff was like of Civil War stuff. I love Civil War. The frontline stuff was like Tony. Tony was making kickbacks on stuff from the Civil War, and that's why he supported. And I'm like, it's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, it's just them trying to drum up hatred for him. Anyways, Invincible Iron Man is this, is the set that came out post Civil War. It's by Ooh. Matt Fraction, who this back then Matt the Fraction. Book? Huh? You said set that came out. Or sorry, book. <laughs> uh, run is what I meant to say. Is the run that comes out after Civil War. Matt Fraction, at the time that Invincible Iron Man started, was kind of up and coming. He had written some good stuff, but he wasn't a household name like yeah. he is now. Now he's kicking ass and taking names all over yeah. Marvel Comics. And Sam LaRocca, who's just kind of a long-time, excellent artist, 
Yeah, you we know what I love? When we were talking about artists that one time. Yeah, you know what I love so much about his art? <clears throat> Is the glowy nodes on everything look really cool? He <laughs> does the best job, in my opinion, of of do of doing art of humans and making it look realistic, but the perfect amount of realistic. It's, it's not, not uncanny valley. It's not perfect. It's not like looks lifelike, but it doesn't look cartoony. I don't know. He has the perfect balance of making like humans look like humans, like they shouldn't. So he draws the line before he becomes Rob Life. They don't look fat. <laughs> they don't look. You know, everybody doesn't look too fat. Everybody doesn't look too skinny. Let it's the just Rob perfect. Liefeld circle jerk begin. Yeah. Anyway, um, it's more of a hate jerk. That's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, I think the- Invincible Iron Man is the best Iron Man book but to the- ever come. It, I want to say it's the best Tony Stark book, especially. Because, as I said before, people don't really have a good measure for Tony. Like, running off the main Iron Man series, which we'll get into, and stuff like that, Like you don't really get what you got out of Invincible Iron Man. You see him you see him more as a person, like how he reacts to various things. Um, you get a lot of his personality in it, and like his quips and stuff like that. Um, they just did a really good job overall of writing... There's a lot of character, the life character of Tony development. St- yeah. It's the life of Tony Stark, how he reacts to various events, how he views various events, and how it affects the characters around him. Um, and I think they did the uh, best Pepper Potts they've ever written. Yeah, like, that I feel like a nice lot thing. of things really screw... The, a lot of... Like, the modern one, I feel like, really just throws her in there. Well, we'll get to the modern one in a minute, but... It screws a lot of stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> um, Invincible Iron Man was the perfect blend of character development and art. And a great story too. Still, to still, in my opinion, does the best books that Matt Fraction has ever done, and that's saying something because he's done a lot of good stuff. And there was it was what a th- uh, there were like three or four big arcs, I think. Well, there's lots of big arcs. It starts off with the extremist arc, and the next few arcs are all about his personality. Then you have the whole heart, the whole. Transferring everything of his mind over. Oh yeah, then the storage of the, the registration. Bit. Yeah, then you have the stain stuff, which that's my favorite. Which is arc, awesome. I, think. Yes. I think that's probably my favorite. Definitely. Arc. Um, Ezekiel Stain is one of the best villain, like Iron Man villains, I've read in a while. Mm-hmm. And then the wrap up arc for Invincible Iron Man with the Mandarin and Ezekiel Stain was amazing. So if you guys have never read any, if you're if you're only um, access. I'm trying. I can't think of the word I'm trying to think of right now. But if your only exposure. time that you get, yeah, exposure to Iron Man is just in Avengers books, Invincible Iron Man is the book to read. Yes. Just like we said with Thor, God of Thunder. If you're a lot of people only see Thor, they don't read his dedicated book. They see him in Avengers here and now, you know, flying around, kicking ass, punching people in the face. If your only time that you ever see Tony is in Avengers, you're just gonna think. Uh, he's cool in a firefight. He's fight. smart. He shows up. He yeah. shoots some stuff. He you're not getting stuff. character development like you're going to get in this book. You get absolutely perfect character development. Now, moving on. So, positive note: Invincible Iron Man. There was about a four-year run. It was my fi- I, it was it's, my first comic. I actually, the first one I sat down and read and got into. The best Iron Man book you can actually find, in my opinion. Um, a, a problem with Iron Man is a lot of his really good stuff. Is Silver so Age? It didn't age well at all. It's Silver Age, so Demon it doesn't age that well. Demon, Demon in a Bottle. bottle. Doom Quest holds up pretty well. Demon in a Bottle, like I tried to read, and literally it was so it was laughable. Like the stuff he says back and forth with Namor, it's like all oh, it's adorable. It's like seventies talk of 
all these terrible puns and one-liners. And Every time I think of Demon but Jesus, anyway. Anytime I think of Demon in a Bottle, I think of the Deadpool issue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it just, it Doom, Doom Quest and Armor Wars hold up pretty well, but they still suffer from the Silver Age. Sounds so campy, and just it's just too old school to enjoy these days. Yeah, It's almost like when you go back and you play a game that used to be amazing... Yeah. Like you, you know that, that you know that game is truly amazing, but you just can't appreciate it these days because you're so so used to games these days. Final Fantasy VII is a good example. Double O Seven Goldeneye, yeah. prime example. Well, you, the thing about that game is the aiming. That's what I'm saying. But at the time, you didn't. You have thought a, you, it was the shit. You didn't have a problem with it. The 360 controller had never existed. And then you I played Counter Strike, and I was like, what? <laughs> "Yeah, I can't." I actually, I tried to go back and play Goldeneye. I couldn't enjoy it. So, anyways, let's move into. Marvel now Iron Man. Oh god. Which started off god awful. It's and it's gotten better. In fact, I really wanted to quit reading it about halfway through the series, but I I'm an stuck Iron with Man. it. Okay. I don't wanna say it started off god awful. It started out mediocre. I feel like it started getting god awful with Builder. Um I liked the arc with the uh the guys who were stealing his tech and using it to build the robot or the like the knights. Yeah. That arc was kind of cool. What? Well, sorry, go ahead. Um I didn't like the builder arc at all. I feel like it was really thrown in there like to try to like it was kind of gimmicky feeling at first like I'm, I don't want to spoil anything for it, but like when you get to plot twists and stuff it it's not gimmicky. Like it they backtrack on some stuff, but um overall I feel like they, the only character they wrote was Tony, and they didn't really write him well. Like, the side characters when they show in, uh, besides, uh, what's his name? Um, giant robot dude. Deathhead. Deathhead. I enjoyed Deathhead. Death's Head. Well, how can you not enjoy Deathhead? He was Death's hilarious in the series. And there were times, like, I'm not going to lie, there were times where, like, there were good twists and stuff like that that were great. It's just there was no character development, I felt like. Like, I feel like all the characters were flat. They were written poorly. Mm-hmm. And um, you're spoiled coming off of Invincible Iron Man. Yeah. character development. Where, like, every issue, like... Even, like, from one issue to another, I feel like characters, like, suddenly shifted emotions. It's almost like you're getting more character development by Tony in Guardians of the Galaxy than you are you, in you, you, you definitely yeah. truly I love him. Well, that's, that's the thing. He's better written by a better writer. You said that. spoiled by Invincible Iron Man. I was more spoiled because I'm looking right here between Guardians of the Galaxy every week in Iron Man. Yeah, that's a good point. And so, the... You know how I said I almost quit, quit yeah. reading it? That the only thing that kept me reading in Austin was because of Death's Head. Yeah, he's right great. at the point where I was like, you know what, I've got too many books to read. I'm dropping this thing. It sucks. Death's Head came into the equation, and he kept me around long enough for the book to get a little bit better. I had never seen Death's Head before this. Like, I had seen like glimpses of him and stuff. I had no idea who he was. Easily one of like one of those characters I really love now. Well, he's kind of... I'm trying to compare him to somebody in the DC universe that I've just failed. He's hard failing. to compare. <laughs> he, he's, he's like a funny robot butler bounty hunter. I guess, yeah. I don't know about butler. How do you get butler? I don't know. Person? Just like his attitude about things. <laughs> well, he always insolences with... Yes. Well, anyways. Long story short, the book sucks. The build, the builder arc was terrible. Like, Great Invincible arc. The... I don't like the god armor. Uh, That's... That's what I mean. I like... Okay, same one, right? 
Yeah, the the builder's the robot that comes in on it all. The thing, though, is that the last two issues have actually been pretty good. Yeah, and that's... You that's, find out about a certain person. We don't want to spoil it in case you guys haven't read it yet in the last couple weeks. That's pretty important going forward. You find out about a certain revelation that could greatly impact Iron uh, Tony's story in the future. Across all across all comics. For once, we're getting character development in this series. Right. Well, that's, that's not even getting, development. Yeah, it's true. just like introduction of somebody else. But something is revealed that's actually extremely interesting... Could be a potential game changer, and they do the next issue kind of shows a behind the scenes what if issue of what if this situation had been like this the whole entire time? What could Tony have accomplished? Yeah, I really like and that. what would happen from that? You know, it just shows you potential. So we we will end on a positive note, saying that the book is picking up a it's little picking- bit. But they swapped out some stuff. Or I think they swapped out writers and... Well, then that makes sense. Um, <laughs> it's... I And then, like, there's the whole thing that's going on that they handed towards where... Without spoiling too much, the Mandarin's starting to enter the picture again. Yes. And I really like that. Like, this, the stuff they tease a little bit at the end of the latest issue is really good. Um, it, it's just, overall, like... I, I like Iron Man books when they're written as Tony Stark books featuring Iron Man. I don't enjoy Iron Man books featuring Tony Stark. Tony's at his best when he's a person. As opposed to when he's just a walking weapon. I agree. Um, that's why, That's why, as you said, in Avengers and stuff, he's not as interesting because he's just a gun with a person in it with a couple funny lines. Yeah, there may as well not even be anybody in the suit. And that's that's why he's so good in Guardians of the Galaxy, though, is because they write him out of the suit really well. As I said, it's a Tony Stark. It's Tony Stark featuring Iron Man as opposed to the flip. Yeah. Um, I have actually went through a bunch of other comics here recently. I read every issue of Elephant Man. Have you guys ever read any? No. You ever heard of it? Me and you were talking about that the other day, actually. Yeah. Elephant Man is something that here and there I would hear people say, you need to check this out, or it would win like a little award, like Best New Series or something like that. And I finally actually read it, and it's really cool. It's kind of, it's really out there. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It's basically this universe that you get kicked straight into of, it's like a hundred years in the, or two or three hundred years in the future, and these this corporation created super soldiers that are animals fused with humans, of course, you know. And that sounds way out there and bizarre, and it is. Man, this but, is a comic universe. But it throws you into it established. Like, and it doesn't take itself too seriously, but or I guess it kind of does. It just, it does a good job of, of explaining things, and it, it just creates such character development and it, it sounds weird to say such character development on these people that are essentially like an elephant and a rhino and yeah. this and that. But the, the writer just kicks ass, and I'm not actually not even sure who writes it. But it creates this world and these characters. There's three or four main guys who now... Those those soldiers were created about, two, about 100, 200 years ago. They fought this giant world war. The war's over. It's been over for a long time. And now those guys are in modern day, like the current America... Just trying to live their lives. Most of them belong to this agency that's kind of like a government agency. It's just trying to protect America and 
solve crimes and stuff. You've got one. You've got one guy who works at the LAPD. This zebra guy, like he's like a, he's like a badass, like sergeant. Like he has an eye patch. <laughs> like you have him. You have Hip, which is one of the main characters, the hippo. He is a detective, and he and the elephant guy work together. You've got these girl, these human girls who are part of the story and part of the character development. And then you have the rhino. Most almost everybody looks down on the yeah. regular humans. They think of them as abominations. They don't accept them. But you you have the girls who like really treat them like normal people, and that that whole storyline is fleshed out. But you have this rhino who basically made it as a celebrity and he's kind of like a crime boss type guy but he's kind of like a public celebrity and he's marrying a wife and having a wife and gonna have kids and that's like a huge deal and people want to kill him because of it you know like you got like kind of your racist type people anyway anyways i'm going on and on long story short it's really good well when you described it to me you said also that (coughs) there's flashbacks that kind of explain right right as the book goes on each issue shows you stuff that happened in the past with them together that and it really you really start to get a look into and their I want to say that, that was one of my favorite things about Unknown Soldier actually was I love when like you're left wanting for more information and then when they give you those little hints and flashbacks and stuff you're like oh that makes sense now um, I love when books do that kind of stuff. So, I mean, like, it, it's on my inner, like, something I want to check out eventually. Yeah, I suggest people check it out, read about 12 issues, and if you if you even kind of like it, stick with it, because it gets much better as it goes on. And it's an ongoing series. It's out of, like, issue 50 or so right now. Uh, I also read a bunch of uh, Jonathan Hickman's older stuff that mm-hmm. I had never read. He has a bunch of independent... Um, books that were like four to six issues long. They're just kind of little short hits stories. Ones I really liked was uh, Secret, which is actually currently ongoing. It's actually the cool thing about all these Jonathan Hickman books. None of them are anything like each other. I, like I they're that. all these cool, independent, crazy ideas for a comic book. You're like that doesn't sound like a good comic, but he makes it work. Uh, Secret is about um, kind of like internet security. There's this whole story. It basically is a movie. It, it could be a mo- easily be a movie. Yeah. It's about these people who are a security internet firm, and they hack into and threaten the lives of people of like bosses of companies into thinking that they need security, and then they step in and become the security front and make money and extort yeah. them. But like real <laughs> cleverly, it's really really well written. Um, I like that one. Red Wing is really cool. It's a four issue story about it's set in the future. There's um, it, it deals with time travel and these two guys and finding out what happened to their dads when they were in the fort. I don't know how to describe it. It's all sci-fi. It's all science fiction. Real deep science fiction. It's really good. And Transhuman was really cool. Transhuman, the whole entire thing is told through the perspective of a guy like you would see on Discovery Channel or History Channel like a doing like a documentary. And he's all he does is just go through and talk about what happened back when this happened. And it's these two companies that both started experimenting, doing genetic experiments at the same time. A guy and his ex-wife. And you have all these characters. And all that it is is just the guy doing the talking about the documentary, talk, the people talking in interviews, and you're learning the backstory of what all went down and just experiencing it like that. And That's it's awesome. really cool. Like, it gets and do crazy. all these have the Hickman-esque 
long-term plots that you don't realize yeah. are long-term plots. Yeah, the ending of, of Transhuman is, I can't spoil it, but the ending of Transhuman you'll not see coming, and you'll um, laugh your ass off when it happens. On, on the subject of Hickman, <clears throat> once again, East of West, I'm still loving, like, every time I think, like, I'm like, I don't know if, if he can step this up anymore, like, each issue just gets better and better and better, and, like, I feel like it's at that point where there's so many overarching stories that something big's just about to go down Hickman style. And I'm waiting for it. There were a couple other books of his that I read that I didn't really like. Pax Romana was I've was heard cool good about it. Yeah, it got tons it. of awards. I just didn't personally like it. It's about the um, Catholic people's, like the Pope's main guys, scientist guys. They they discovered time travel. The Pope wants to use it. The Church wants to fund it as like scientific experiments. But what happens is. Uh, this general general guy kind of takes over, and him and his soldiers, guy mercenary guys, go back in time to basically kill all the important people off to make sure that Romans become the main power in the whole entire world. Like it has this. I just didn't like the way it was paced. It was a little boring to me, but it was a cool idea. Yeah, and I'm sure it was good. It just wasn't my kind of thing. Same thing I said with the other Hickman books that I the Manhattan Projects. Awesome idea. It was just a little too slow for my taste. It was taking too long to develop, so I dropped it. So. Again, we we talk about Hickman all the time on this podcast, and he, it's one of those things when it really first, is deserved though. When you first got, when you first like used to talk about Hickman all the time when I first started comics, I was like, eh. That was the heydays eh, of Fantastic eh. Four. I know, and I was really eh about it. And then when I started reading his stuff, I was like, oh my god, this is why. Like that Fantastic Four run still one of my favorite runs of comics, and I don't even like the Fantastic Four that much. You take that back. You take that back. Like I mean, like that comic was great, and the, it's one of those. I don't want to say there aren't very many comics that make me, like, leave me begging for the next issue. Like, it did a really good job of making me really want to read, and that's what East of West is doing to me right now. Like, I'm so mad it's, like, a monthly comic. Like, I'm like, I want one of these every week if they could do it. And I, I hate that. Like, the cliffhangers. It just drives me up the wall. Drew, you read anything lately? Got any read on it? No, I've been reading couple books, mostly. But, yeah. What books are you reading? Just some random stuff. I'm about to reread uh, Hobbit and, and Journey and everything. And um, what's that other Tolkien book that I liked? Silmarillion? Huh? The Silmarillion? No. The Silmarillion is less of a read and more of an epic journey. There's another Hick... Uh, I about said Hickman. Tolkien book that I, I really... <laughs> Same really guy. Liked. Same, you know, whatever. Is it still in the Lord of the Rings universe? No. There was another book I read in like middle school that was one of my favorite books, a little series. Anyways, I'll find that in a minute. Uh, the big... I want to say, like, when I first read... I read the uh, the Lord of the Rings series, the trilogy, and then I read The Hobbit, and I read uh, The Silmarillion. The only problem I really have with Tolkien is at times he can be the king of fluff, where he feels like the Mount Doom trek in Return of the King... When you get to that, is one of the most boring series of like sixty to eighty pages you will ever experience in your life. Like I dredged through that, and then like there's a few other times some of his other books that get like that too. Is it just slows down really bad, and it's yeah. like it's not as enjoyable. And the Silmarillion, though, I would recommend to hardcore Lord of the Rings fans. It's mm. really confusing. Very, but. It's a lot of good insight into the mythology of Lord of the Rings, like 
why is Gandalf a wizard, or where do these rings come from, or who is Sauron, and all this stuff. Like, it explains, like, the Maiar and all Wait, the... I think it was Silmarillion now that I've been reading the description that I'm thinking of. I it, had to see the cover. The Silmarillion's just... It's more like an encyclopedia of short stories. Yeah. That, that describes... Like There's it. a lot of stuff okay, in yeah. the Hobbit movie. That's what I'm thinking yeah, of, yeah. Then. Um, the problem is Jackson then didn't get the rights to the Silmarillion, so they can't properly describe or set up time periods that match the real mythology. But the Silmarillion's good if you're really hardcore into it. Um, it takes a lot of getting used to. I mean, like, I would almost recommend rereading some of the stuff if you think you screwed it up and don't understand it. Because it does get really overarching and screwy sometimes. So, we have been... It's been a long podcast, boys. It has been a long podcast. Honestly. It kind of crept up on us because we didn't have that much news, but Monday, we talked about Mage Knight Monday so did too, though. Monday we yeah. looked over like, holy crap. For some reason, me and Austin talk more when you're not here. I, I don't know. Why? I think it's... I it's think it's, Drew looks at me angrily when I talk Well, in much. my mind, I'm like... We've got one less person. i got to do some extra talking to make up for Drew being gone. And we always talk too much. And then I think much. the same thing, but we talk yeah, for like four people. And we always talk too much. Anyways, thanks for joining us this week. Subscribe to our new YouTube channel. Do it. Do it. Our. Thank you for saying our, Hunter. Hey. I appreciate that. Get off my back. You want to fist bump me for that one, Drew? There we go. Like my Facebook. God dang it. You just put it in my head. I said my Facebook. <laughs> like our Facebook page. Uh, that way you can get incoming news. Follow us on Twitter. Us. I, did I say yeah, me? you said us. That's what I say. I know. Now your mind. Uh, I am. Mind some sort of <coughs> some sort of screw. Mind control going. Email, email us on Gmail. I <laughs> Drew. I'm trying to get through the outro. He's perplexing. Jeez. He's not perplexing. He's like quasi mind controlling me. <laughs> He's mic chilling me, but I can only hit Do myself. Do you think Mephisto might have given him a power or two when we brought him back God that we don't dang. know about? Drew, rip open your shirt. We need to see if there's a big upside down pinnacle. Keep your shirt on. on. Keep your shirts on. From the pure manliness. <laughs> Send uh, any questions, comments, if you want to add uh, advice you want to hear about. Uh, if you want to give us like main topic ideas that you'd like to hear us talk about. What was the just the tip? This Got week? questions. <laughs> send us emails on uh, dialhtroheroclicks at gmail.com again if you guys want uh, need us to promote your upcoming either charity or ROC tournaments send them to me a couple weeks ahead of time so we can get the word out and hopefully get some extra people to your venue thanks for joining us see you next week later